It's showtime. Bob Kincaid, three hours of conversation, cussing, and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Not really. Well, howdy. Here we go, off and running on this 20... What? Wait a minute. Alright, Houston, we have a problem. Alright, I don't know what the hell's going on here, but... So, let me let me just explain why I'm going for that. At the very beginning of the program. You remember last week we had that thing where it was Tuesday and I thought it was Wednesday and we, we had some fun with that and all that. Well, for as long as this radio network has existed, I have had a, uh, uh, let's see, who made it? Who, 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 where? A Seth Thomas Time Standard uh, clock on the wall that periodically sinks itself to the atomic clock out in somewhere in Colorado. And even if I know it's just the kind of ha- it, okay, really old school. If you ever actually, if you're of a certain age and you go back to the days of Uncle Walter Cronkite. Uh, behind the CBS news desk, he tended to play with his ballpoint click pen, and he would click his pen. It was just a thing he did. Well, no matter uh, before before I hit the intro, I I double check. <laughs> this is so insane, and this is the perfect day for it. Oh, hi, I'm Robin. Uh, I, I go, okay, you know, because I, I have to make sure that the uh, that the, the the interfaces are recording properly and the file is properly named. And I know for a variety of reasons that this is Thursday, December the twenty second, two thousand twenty two. But not according to the Seth Thomas time standard clock. This is the first time in almost twenty years that this has ever happened. 
I look up and I'm going, and it's uh, it's uh, the uh, 22nd day of December 2022, and I'm looking at it and it says it's December 23rd, and I'm pretty sure there's nobody here in this little house. Junie, are you gaslighting Opa? Uh, Opa? Don't, 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 no, honey. She's only six months old. Come on. Um, but the clock says it's December 23rd. That would be tomorrow. So I, uh, so I immediately reach over to my phone and get Thursday, December 22nd. Yes, yeah, uh, okay, check on the PC. Yeah, it's December 20. Submitted for your approval. A woman who has come unstuck in time. Ah, and like I said, it's a hell of a day to have it happen because you know I'm kind of not okay. Uh, but this is the Horn. Head on dot live is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. It is in fact the 22nd day of December 2022. I swear to God, Brother Deacon Asa, if you screw with my head, I, I, I will get on. I will get on the road now, and I will drive through the frozen wasteland of the Arctic bomb cyclone. <sighs> And I don't know, bring you bad liquor or something. I, it, ah, don't mess with me, please. This is not that day. Uh, we'll we'll get through all the preliminaries and and get into the meat of the program here in fairly short order. Um, but just so you know, um, a long, long time ago. In the dim and misty days of the earliest broadcasts on the horn, uh, Annette was running downtown for something. I forget what. And I said, well, could you bring me back a root beer? She did. And I, and, and I was on air, and I, I, I drank my root beer. Uh, okay, thank you, Brother Deacon. Brother Deacon Asa says, no, I promise, it's the 22nd. I did not hack the atomic clock in Colorado. Oh, good, Brother Deacon, good. <laughs> but she brought the root beer back, and she brought me a, bar a Barks root beer. And I sat there on air and chugged that 12-ounce can of Barks root beer. Only to find out moments later, when I began to feel like... Uh, that thank you Coca-Cola Corporation Barks Root Beer is the only commercial root beer out there that has caffeine in it and I am rather infamously decaffeinated I've been I've been trying to do the whole uh, Wesley Dread Pirate Roberts thing where I you know with the Iocane powder where I slowly introduce a little bit more caffeine into my because I just miss really good coffee uh, maybe it's maybe, maybe we should just deem that experiment a failure but anyway, I drank my Barks root beer, and the next thing you know, I was, I was dosed to the eyes with caffeine, on air, real time. And so this morning, because it's the holidays and because she is an absolute dear, uh, Annette made me a cup of coffee and thought she had grabbed the decaf pod. Only she grabbed the half-calf pod and... I poured the half and half in my coffee and took a big slug, and it was like, wow, this is really good decaf. It's on me, you know. I should have known, because decaf never tastes that good. And so, once again, uh, about, oh, you know, what, uh, and maybe it was a year into it, so uh, uh, something like 16 years later, I'm on air, 
and I'm dosed to the eyes. I have been battling been battling a caffeine buzz all day long. And I know you're laughing because it's funny. But it wasn't so funny for a while because, you know, my heart was going... No, no, no. My, 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 my heart was like, I don't know, some, some flamenco dancer with castanets who was also dosed to the eyes on something besides caffeine. And it, it was, it, it was, and I was like, well, is it, is my, is my blood sugar low? Not, maybe it's because, maybe, maybe it's because I've been out of my hormones for a few days. But it feels a lot like, oh, this feels like the late 80s in Atlanta. Ew. Um, because we all know that I became caffeine intolerant because of, the, the, the pot after pot after pot after pot of the stuff that I would abuse on the, on, the, on the midnight shift. And so, yeah, I got, I got dosed to the eyes today <laughs> on caffeine. And I'm probably, here in a little bit, I'm, I've already taken a prophylactic dose of ibuprofen, 800 milligrams, because I'm probably going to have a whopping headache here in a little bit. But we'll get through three hours of radio. I mean, earlier, earlier, I mean, I went in and even laid down for a little bit. I'm like, yeah, I'm not okay. And I was jangled and, and, and just, you know, kind of a mess. And my heart was running out of my chest. And, <sighs> yeah. But I'm okay now-ish. I'm still jangled. So if, if, I get, if, I, if I should happen to speak a little bit more quickly than I ordinarily do, you'll understand why. Auntie Robin is ripped. I mean, this is why I don't drink like energy drinks. I, it, I, I can't even think about opening a can of five hour a bottle, one of those little mini bottles of five hour energy, or, or popping a can of, and I don't even know what Red Bull tastes like. And I've seen, I've seen people in bars and they're drinking that Red Bull and vodka shots, and it's like, or, I've seen them do like Red Bull and Jägermeister and vodka, and I'm like, oh my God, why do you hate yourself? Because it's 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 like a it's like an exponentially worse version of the old idea of you know why why are you giving the drunk person coffee you're going to wind up with a wide awake drunk nobody wants that <sighs> so you know just bear with me pretty please I appreciate it uh, it didn't like I said this is the horn head on dot live is where we live on the interweb tubes and if you want to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza that is the Horn Chat Room in the three hours. Oh, this Foster Brooks. Uh, in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and all time zones in between, and the Great Globe Round, and whatever time it is when... Uh, uh, it, it, when you're listening to the podcast, uh, and thank you for listening to the podcast, thank you for listening live, thank you for listening however you listen, we are on a mighty crusade, no, that's a bad word, we are on a mighty expedition to uh, up our likes and our subscribes and our reactions, feedback, whatever, so that maybe someday the the the... the uh, Algorithms will actually know that we exist. 
and that's all at the request of our dear friend, uh, webmaster, stream, the stream manager extraordinaire, Brother Deacon Asa. <sighs> wow. Everything kind of has a shiny edge on it right now. I, I, know, I know it sounds nuts, but if you are caffeine intolerant, caffeine is a hell of a drug. And I'm just... You know, I, I had actually been playing with the notion that maybe someday I could be, begin to drink a real cup of coffee once in a while. But yeah, no, 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 no. Anyway, uh, early arrivers in the chat room are waiting for you. Anatole and Rick in Europe and uh, Squeaky. And uh, they're all capably moderated by longtime inveterate, indefatigable veteran chat room moderator Sparky, who, although he is a third-stage guild navigator, has, some, has uh, decided not to fold space and become man cave and he is uh, he is uh, capably assisted by horn chief agronomist and uh, and mathematician Roger in Oregon uh, thanks everybody for being there and and of course like I said I have gotten I've gotten us way out ahead of ourselves in terms of how the program usually opens um, but I just wanted to know why uh, uh, why, why things are uh, the way they are. Uh, Matt in San Francisco asking, dose to the eyes? Will the pregnant pauses be faster? Richard wants to know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um. I, and Ralph says it's like you're a cat on catnip. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm doing everything but rolling on the floor and the stuff. Um, billable Rex says, Robin, stop telling us about your time travel problems. Does anyone really care what star, star date and time it is? And there's our there, there's our obligatory Star Trek reference. Thanks for getting that out of the way, Billable Rick. Um, and as to uh, Red Bull, uh, Flavio says it's disgusting. It's cloyingly sweet, gross. Just the sugar will get you a diabetic coma. I never finished a can. Took a sip and said, "Nope." Well, and and you know the the guarana in it. That you know that shit makes caffeine look like sugar water. So I'll 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 be okay. I'm gonna get through. There's probably gonna be yeah not a, the, yes the pregnant pauses will be faster, Matt. So the stuttering will probably be worse as well. Hey, um, but I do want to make mention. Uh, I, I uh, had a note from our pal Joy in Ann Arbor. Uh, she's been a nervous wreck since about five o'clock this morning, awaiting her first ever surgery. Um, you know, the kind of surgery where, like, they cut into you, and. I heard from her around lunchtime. Little did I know that I'm a lunch surgery. So she was about to she was about to go under as we were uh, as we were messaging back and forth. And um, you know, the, the doctors generally don't like to work past much past four. So I'm assuming that Joy is in recovery and uh, just uh, uh, happily. And there's that phrase again: dose to the eyes with things that are a hell of a lot more enjoyable 
than a shit ton of caffeine. So when you do hear the podcast, Joy, we're right here. We're rooting for you for all we're worth. And we hope that they manage your pain with both aplomb and alacrity. But every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, even when it only begins with gratitude 16 minutes into the program. And so consequently, we say thank you to our 22nd day of the month subscribers. And that means uh, thank you indeed to uh, Colin. Thank you, Colin. And thank you to Felicia, formerly of Nebraska, now of, uh, of, of the greater San Diego area. Uh, thank you to Mark. Thank you, Mark, so very much yesterday and today. And thank you to uh, each and every one of you who make this pro- keep this program alive. Thank you for the challenge, the eggnog challenge yesterday, Cat, in uh, in Ohio. And so, where we find ourselves, by the way, if you'd like to be a subscriber, it's real easy. Just go to HeadOn.Live, click the PayPal button. It'll ask you if you want to make it happen every month, and you go yes, and then you're, you bang, you're you're a subscriber. We sure do need need more of those. Um, but I understand. And some people prefer to be a la carte, and gosh, I'm grateful for that. We all are. So the fundraising goal, uh, as it is now, we, we took a big bite of it out of it last night. Uh, but the fundraising goal, as it stands now, is at um, 690 bucks. That means all of today, all of yesterday... And $90 worth of Tuesday remain unfunded. And there's good news because our pal, uh, Chris in Germany, who recently uh, sent, sent the annual Christmas package this way and caused much delight among adults and little ones alike, um, thank you again, Chris, is putting forth a $150 Let's Get the Damn Bills Paid challenge because we're getting perilously close to the Monday drop-dead date at which point in time. Appalachian Power would like to very much have um, $800 from me because, you know, we hate the house on uh, toaster coils, otherwise known as space heaters. But Appalachian Power was kind enough to send me, uh, thanks guys, uh, a, 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 a weather severe weather advisory. Our meteorologists are monitoring a severe weather event expected to bring widespread strong wind gusts, blowing snow, and freezing temperatures across several states, including much of Appalachian Power's service area. Long-duration, widespread strong wind gusts could cause power outages. I don't even know why they use the word could. The word they're looking for is will. Because, of course, they're Appalachian Power. And they run antiquated coal-fried power grid that is known for actually going down in, 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 in you know, 72 degrees in May under clear blue skies. And then, adding insult to injury, Appalachian Power also adds... We know you depend on us to keep the power on. No, we really don't. We expect you not to be able to keep the power on, especially during the extreme cold and when many are celebrating the holidays. Yeah, that, you, they should just add parenthetically, 
you're fucked. In advance of the storm system's expected arrival, Appalachian Power's line employees, contractors, and tree workers are on alert for the possibility of service restoration work. However, road conditions, lingering wind gusts, and extreme wind chills could delay some restoration efforts. More parentheses, no, really, you're fucked. We'll continue to update you as information becomes available. In the meantime, we encourage customers to be prepared should outages occur. Check the below resources for additional information on how to keep you and your loved ones safe. We're not kidding. You're fucked. Uh, make a power outage plan. Charge your devices. Prepare an emergency kit. And, you know, remember, all downed lines are dangerous. Yes. Uh, never operate lanterns, heaters, fuel fire. Well, we won't be operating any heaters during the power outage, will we, Appalachian Power? Fuel-fired stoves or burn charcoal without proper ventilation to avoid carbon monoxide poisoning and fires. Now, don't plug your portable generator into your circuit box. You know, it's a real pity they even have to tell people not to do that. That seems rather obvious, but who am I? Um, so, I'm planning on us having Friday on the front porch tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it. And, well we have electricity and if the uh, if Chantel stays powered up we will in fact have Friday on the front porch tomorrow the 20 which will indeed just like the uh, uh, Seth Thomas time standard clock says be Friday the 23rd of December we're all kind of waiting for the, the the crud to arrive uh, Overnight, we dropped to, and this is this is wild. I mean, this is kind of a moment. Between the hours of 4 a.m. and 5 a.m. here, we're going to drop. Uh, we're we're going to drop nine degrees from 27 to 18. We'll have lots and lots of rain up until about 4 a.m. Then it's going to be a wintry mix here, and then the snow. But we're not going to get that much snow. We've got nothing but that zephyr, that that, that uh, uh, northern zephyr winds, wind icon for the rest of the night tonight. Uh, I have a feeling we're going to be staying up for a while because, well, by uh, by 11 a.m. tomorrow we are going to be at zero Fahrenheit, which is like what. 20 below centigrade. Like I said, that that centigrade's a lot colder than Fahrenheit is. I hope there's no newbies listening who think that I actually mean that. Uh, but we go from... We'll, we'll eventually get up to, like... Um, 40 degrees overnight into Saturday. No. And then it's one below Saturday night... And uh, a high of 15. No, this is this is going to be brutal. Uh, President Biden actually took note of all of this and said, uh, "Y'all, this isn't like one of your uh, old uh, snow days back when you were a kid. This thing's for real. Take it seriously." 
He's not wrong. And of course, down south, where I was born and raised, uh, with the fall, with the falling of the second flake of snow, they declare martial law. I have no doubt that down in uh, northwest Alabama, there is not a loaf of bread left on a grocery store shelf, nor a ga- nor a gallon of milk, nor a dozen eggs, because of course, the national dish of frigid winter emergencies is apparently French toast. I don't know how they're going to make it with it. Well, but then again, maybe they're better off. Maybe they don't have well, they don't have Appalachian power, so maybe they got a fighting chance. I'm thinking about a dear friend of mine who is driving right now, probably somewhere just past Indianapolis, and um, hopefully not getting hammered yet on her way home to uh, Chicago for the first time in six years. I hope she has a wonderful and safe trip and grand time with family. Um, so uh, that's where we find ourselves and by the way it, it, this is supposed to be you know, the, uh, one of those once in a lifetime bomb cyclone winter storms Shh. don't tell anybody but it's going to happen again next year and the year after that because, well, climate change is, uh, uh, I don't want to put too fine a point on it. Real! And, uh, well, th- thanks for that, Jeremy in Vermont. Wheels of fun. Now that you're caffeine overpowered, you should invest in a human hamster wheel. Just drink and run and walk it off during the show. Think of the power you could save for about 15 hours a week. Well, that just puts me in mind of Marginal Trailer Queen, who got mad at the idea of an electric airplane and said, what, are the passengers going to run on treadmills or pedal bicycles to keep the damn thing in the air? Mean old stewardesses who made us wear masks. Yeah. But, of course, the... It's a... that that brings me to something entirely different. It, it's it's kind of a wait. What's that, brother Deacon? Uh, brother Deacon Asa says uh, we're going back to energy drinks again. Uh, this is the only one that I can stomach. Red Bull is pretty awful. I can vouch for what Flavio says. Oh no, brother Deacon! Rockstar Energy Products. You know who's behind Rockstar Energy Products? I know you do, Brother Deacon. Ah, I know you did. You did that just to devil me. You did because you do that. Rockstar, really. But you know, I managed to get through. God, well, uh, my 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 caffeine withdrawal is almost the very same age as Ferg is. And of course, Ferg's birthday falls on Monday, the 26th. He missed being a Christmas baby by about three hours. In the long run, it doesn't really matter because uh, anybody born like four days either side of Christmas Maybe like two weeks either side of Christmas. It just feels like they're absolutely screwed. 
because you kind of are, because parents hold back one present. And go, no, this is your birthday present, son. <sighs> but no, what I was saying a minute ago, now that we've dealt with, okay, all better. <laughs> There's Anatole in the chat room. Yep, dose to the gills. Oh, well. See you, Sparky. Yeah, so I'm sure that you, like I, as soon as the program was over yesterday, you checked in with uh, President Vladimir Zelensky's address to a joint session of Congress. And it was profound. And it was inspiring. And he had a lot to say. And it's sort of a sad commentary on our times. That no, the pauses aren't getting any 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 faster. Man. He presented he presented the case for supporting the people of Ukraine in their existential struggle against Vlad Putin and Mother Russia um, with a profound degree of dignity. And I sat there watching, wondering how anybody could side with Daddy Vladdy on any of this. And then, of course, the, uh, the, the, the address closed. There was an exchanging of flags. That was moving. And then you find out that the uh, dipshit caucus, I mean, really, is there, any, is there any other way of referring to them? I mean, I know they call themselves the Freedom Caucus. But they are. They're the dipshit carcass. You know, uh, Matt, it just gets worse. And he was hanging out there next to Lauren Bobblehead Boobert, you know, Clanny Oakley. And I never realized, okay, either either Matt Gates is like 6'9", or Lauren Bobblehead Boobert is, a, is, is like, you know, one of those toxic little proto-hobbits. Uh, like Smeagol or Deagle, because I saw a photo, and, and, and like she's like two feet shorter than Matt Gates, and I always figured I'd tower over Matt Gates. But they were absolute and undeniable assholes, because well, it's hard for them to avoid being assholes when it's in them, and it's in the situation. I mean, is is does does the so-called loyal opposition have no common decency whatsoever? I know I'm mad, but it's more of a rhetorical question because anybody worth that knows that, yeah, no, uh, uh-uh. uh. 
And so they've spent the day making an absolute ass of themselves. Uh, Trader Tot, Don Jr., posted a picture of Nancy Pelosi and President Zelensky and Vice President Harris and some naked dude playing with himself off to one side. Among other things, and, and uh, whoever, whoever imagined using this phrase, uh, Jim Jacket Off Jordan stood and gave some clapping for President Zelensky. And he leaned over to one of his dipshit caucus brothers, namely Andrew Clyde of Georgia. You may recall Andrew Clyde of Georgia is the maggot POS who said, uh, I was just leading, a, you know, it, it, was, it was just like, January 6th is just a, it, it, it was like a, it was like a tourist thing. And so over at the Washington Post, reporter Leanne Caldwell noted that uh, because during moments like this you have to keep an eye on the dipshits noted that Jim Jacketoff Jordan leaned over to Andrew Clyde and said stand up asshole stand and clap and his lips were readable saying I will not I will not And uh, he has become, I suppose, an opponent of trying to protect the territorial in, in integrity of Ukraine and stop Daddy Vladdy's rape army as it attempts to, tra uh, to uh, traumatize and destroy. that nation. In point of fact, there's video out now that shows a, a particular moment when Daddy Vladdy's rape army invaded a Ukrainian orphanage. Members of the FSB, you know, the, the, uh, uh, the successor in interest to the KGB, led Russian rape soldiers through the orphanage. The director of the orphanage, uh, Vlodimir Sahaidak, told Sky News they confiscated all the children's files because they couldn't figure out where the children were, so they took files, they took computers, they took away the CCTV system because they wanted to know where the children had gone. The children were gone because they had been hidden from the Russian barbarians. The entire village rallied together to protect the children, taking them in, three or four per family. They ran the risk of collaborators exposing them to the Russians and being arrested or shot. But the Russians didn't find the little ones. 
but from elsewhere in Ukraine, they sent another 15 children for the orphanage to take care of. The thing is, when the Russians retreated from the region, they came and kidnapped the 15 children and took them with them. This is the monstrous regime that maggot Republicans support and even some people who call themselves progressive. I've been looking at my feed today and I've seen a lot of people who call themselves progressives um, basically advancing the same talking points that the maggots are advancing. I guess proving that politics is not linear but in fact circular. Um, Oh, thank you. Ralph's serving as the Horn Ad Hoc Height Research Department. Um, Ralph's tells us that uh, Matt Gates lists his height at 5'7", which means that Clanny Oakley must be like 4'9", slightly taller, as it turns out, than Lindsey Graham. Um... Jim Jordan lists his at 5'7 to 6 feet. If you can't be honest about your own height, you're perfect for Congress. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, Ron and Raleigh points out, uh, Vladimir Zelensky spoke in the Congress while rocking his favored T-shirt and cargo pants, sort of like when Castro rocked his fatigues at the U.N., you can imagine how the right wing has lost their collective shit. You'd have thought he was wearing a tan suit. You know, I, I read that cold, and before, and when I got to collective shit, I was thinking, yeah, like like when like when Obama wore the tan suit. Uh, P.S. Guess what Hollywood star was also named Volodymyr? Hollywood star. Okay, well, authors don't count because I, I thought immediately of uh, Vladimir Nabokov, but he was a, a, a novelist. Okay, it's, it's, so I tell you what, don't tell me yet. And uh, nobody cheat and use the internet. If you know the answer, send it to me. You get a cowbell if you get it right. And Ron and Raleigh will send me the answer. I will not immediately announce, but announce it, and let's find out if. Uh, Anybody else has the answer to that little piece of trivia? <laughs> well, that's that's true. Billable Rick says, overdosing. Now that you've been dosed to, to the eyes on caffeine, you know how Scotty feels on a normal day. Welcome to his nightmare. I couldn't leave I couldn't live that way. It's it, it's unbearable. Uh, meanwhile, uh, our, our our buddy Greg is cranky. Um, MSDNC general morning blow today compared Ukrainian President Zelensky to Sir Winston Churchill. 
Mrs. E just went on a $40,000 shopping spree in Paris where they have one of four multi-million dollar mansions, and you would think she could have at least bought E a suit. So like Churchill, he could have worn it when speaking to Congress instead of his tired, boring old Sean Penn military garb. Well, meow. Saucer of milk for table two. Mitch McTurtle says funding Ukraine is America's number one priority. Glad you and him agree on something now. Hey, how about mansion? P.S. Progressive means anti-war, just like failed old hack Bernie used to be. So, Greg, uh, if, uh, if, let's say, if the forces of, uh, you know, the, 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 if the Canadian barbarian horde starts spilling over the northern frontier, um, you're just going to run the white flag up? You're so progressive you won't take your own side in a fight? I'm as anti-war as the next person, probably more so. But it does seem like you have a right to defend yourself when a much larger neighbor tries to steamroll you. Because, see, we got this thing, Greg, called history, honey. And we've been to this movie before. There was a little dude, had a Charlie Chaplin mustache, oh, about 90 years ago. Okay, call it 80. And he kept saying he just needed some Lebensraum, living room. And so that's why he needed the Sudetenland. And we said, well, okay, you can have the Sudetenland. But don't go anywhere else. And he said, ah, I still don't have enough Lebensraum. What I need is what was then referred to as Czechoslovakia. And the great powers got together and put their heads together and said, yeah, well, you know, maybe if we let him steamroll Czechoslovakia and slaughter a few Czechoslovakian people, uh, he'll be happy then. And so we let him do it. But he wasn't happy. Because suddenly now, somebody else was on his border, and that made him, you know, nervous. And the next thing you know, it's September, it's 1939, and the Wehrmacht is rolling across Poland. Blitzkrieg, they called it in the original German. So, not repeating the front end of that slaughter that monstrous slaughter might be a good idea. I don't know what's I don't know what's so palatable about stand, about getting out of the way and standing there while uh, a rape army runs uh, runs wild across Ukraine. Ukrainians are not Russians. Russians are not Ukrainians. And somehow I'd like to think that maybe we've got enough morals not to sit idly by while that happens. Because this isn't about starting war. Ukraine did not start it. Ukraine is not an aggressor. Daddy Vladdy is the aggressor. And so, yeah, I guess, you know, uh, even, even a blind hog finds an acorn now and then, and 
Well, maybe, you know, maybe Moscow Mitch got this one right. And what about Manchin, you ask? I don't know what you mean, what about Manchin. But I'm just astonished when I run across people who think it's a better idea just to let Vladdy Daddy have his way and burn an entire country to the ground and take control of it when that country itself is a humongous breadbasket to many other parts of the world. It seems like it would be a repeat of the late 1930s. Remind me again how that played out. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to remind me. I can drive about two miles up the road, make a left into the cemetery, and I can go visit the grave of of the uncle I never knew, who died killing fascists. You know, just like Vlad Pudi's forces. This is not the old Soviet Union. This is a brutal fascist authoritarian dictatorship. And the only way to stop fascism is to kill it. And thus far, uh, President Biden has done a good job of saying no, no American boots on the ground. They're doing their own fighting. Zelensky did not ask for anyone to come and fight for, do Ukraine's fighting for them. No. They're willing to do the fighting and the bleeding and the dying. They just need the munitions with which to do it. Kind of reminds me of the line from... um, Henry V. The St. Crispin's Day speech. You know, the Ukrainians have the right to quote that. And people in England on this day shall show their scars and say, I had these on St. Crispin's Day, and men now abed in England will count their manhood cheap that they were not here. been thinking about that a lot. Fighting fascism always seems like a pretty good damned idea. All Vladdy Daddy had to do was stay inside his own territorial borders. But he uh, he couldn't do that because he is a fascist dictator. And as the uh, Romans were wont to say back in the day, and as the uh, folks over in the old dominion of Virginia still have on their flag to this day, for all the wrong reasons, sic semper tyrannis. As a Virginian, um, John Wilkes Booth. Was he a Virginian? Anyway, when he leapt for, leapt from the box, from the presidential box down to the um, down to the, the stage there at Ford's Theater in April of 1865, 
and broke his leg. He did stand up, having just shot the President of the United States, and yelled, Six Semper Tyrannis! And ran away. Well, hobbled. So always with tyrants. But talking about uh, shitbirds, well, uh, here's testicle toasting Tuckio Rose Carlson, who apparently doesn't care much for his own country, but gets a, well, he gets kind of a man crush on, well, a boy crush uh, when it comes time to talk about Putin. Somehow we were reminded of it today when the president of Ukraine arrived at the White House dressed like the manager of a strip club and started to demand money. Amazingly, no one threw him out and said they did whatever he wanted. Dressed like the manager of a strip club. Um, maybe, uh, or maybe like dressed like an ordinary Ukrainian. I mean, geez, Tucky, um, is your is your necktie a little too tight, sweetie? <laughs> then again, you showed up on national TV in a fucking bow tie for a decade or more. Aren't you just butch? How pathetic. But you know, left and right, the far left is goes so far that they wind up being. The pretty much of the same mind with the far right, and that's where the that's where the trouble comes in. And so we will we will wait and see uh, see how this goes. I dread the arrival of the Republican majority in the House. Maybe, for all I know, I don't know, maybe the Sparkle Fart propelled Unicorn Cavalry Purity Patrol will be happy uh, that they that they take take power with their slim majority. I don't know. But it's um It's worrisome that we have a hard time recognizing when a uh, when a fight is justified. So we can talk about that later if you uh, if you want to. Uh, another story out there, namely that uh, about the the maggots who, well, I guess behaved in classic maggot fashion. And you know, by the way, maybe maybe the comparison. I'm, if I were Vladimir Zelensky, I might not feel so great about being compared to Winston Churchill. Let's just say that. 
because Winston Churchill was a stone-cold racist. On the other hand, he rallied uh, the people of the UK to resist the Nazis, the Nazis, at a time when others were ready to capitulate and negotiate. But he is leading a country that has its back against the wall just as just as the UK did in 1940 when it was them against the entire Nazi war machine. The the right the, the right wing response is so noxious that even a uh, libertarian by the name of Kathy Young is embarrassed. She pointed out a tweet from uh, Trader Tot saying, Zelensky is basically an ungrateful international welfare queen. Welfare queen. Just give them a chance, they will always give themselves away. Uh, then there's Josh Hammer over at uh, at, at uh, Newsweek, the opinion editor there. Raise your hand if you're personally done with the Ukraine gravy train. Yeah, what? Do you, do, you, do you want the check, Josh? You're not getting the check, hon. Uh, Josh Hammer is Jewish. And he also went so far uh, as uh, to criticize the Jewishness of Vladimir Zelensky. Now, this is the same Josh Hammer who went to the Young Republicans Club Gala in New York and uh, hung out with white Christian nationalists like, well, Marginal Trailer Queen and anti-Semite Jack Prasobiak. Then there's Batya Ungar Sargon, who uh, used to be an editor at The Forward, who said, it is possible to admire President Zelensky and the Ukrainian people's bravery, resilience, and fortitude in the face of a malevolent, godless foe, while also recognizing that his interests are not our interests, his fight is not our fight, and his request should not be granted. Yeah, <laughs> let him die, right, Batya? Because, well, they're not you, are they? Then there was, and, and <laughs> hey, look who, <laughs> really? Uh, me, me in agreement with uh, Mitch McConnell? Try this one on for size. Matt Walsh, the notorious dickhead who created that entirely, fa- uh, that, that entirely fictional piece of crap, What is a Woman, over at the Daily Wire, where he works for uh, Neo Maxi Zoom Dweeby Ben, uh, ben Why My Wife Never Gets Wet Shapiro. Well, Matt Walsh declared, get this grifting leech out of our country, please. 
I think I'd better I'd rather be on the same side as someone who wants to stop people being slaughtered than be on the same side with someone who's down for the slaughter. Yeah. Then um, over at Red State, there uh, there's a guy named Brandon Morse. Oh, this guy's a real woohoo, Lulu. Uh, he posted side by side pictures of President Zelensky standing before the flag with all the the Ukrainian flag with all the signatures on it, the battle flag. The flag being held up by the Vice President Kamala Harris and the Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi. He posted that photograph side by side with a picture of the QAnon shaman sitting at the Speaker's dais. You remember the QAnon shaman, January 6th, the guy who looked like a refugee from a Ted Nugent cosplay convention? Brandon Morse asking, which one caused the most destruction and cost to the United States again? Well, you know, Vladimir Zelensky hasn't caused any destruction to the United States, whereas the uh, comrades in arms of the QAnon shaman, well, they took a dump in the Capitol and played with it and wiped it on the walls, so... Yeah, you do you, Brandon. Benny Johnson, uh, another uh, uh, conspiracy theory hustler, said, uh, This ungrateful piece of shit does not have the decency to wear a suit to the White House. No respect for the country that is funding his survival tracksuit-wearing Eastern European con-man mafia. Our leaders fell for it. They've disgraced us all. What an incredible insult. I can't help it, but I wonder where Benny was when, uh, when Dim Leader, wearing a very nice suit that he had personally tailored somewhere in Washington, D.C., by the tailor to the president's, uh, lied his ass off to the American people and started a war against people who had never raised a finger against us. Where, where, where was Benny then? Speaking of con man mafia. And Charlie Kirk over there at Toilet Paper your t- Turning Point USA, uh, he was also offended by the sartorial choices of President Zelensky. Now, remember, Zelensky is an actor. Instead of a suit and tie for his White House visit, he's wearing an army fatigue-colored sweater and cargo pants. The costume just hits better when you're in the middle of a multi-billion dollar shakedown of American taxpayers. Yeah, exactly. Steve in New York noting the same thing. I'm pretty sure President Zelensky didn't poop on the floor of the Capitol just last night. And then there's uh, somebody from the American Spectator, a creature by the name of Melissa McKenzie, who said, Zelensky can disgrace Biden because he has crap on every single establishment politician. He knows what they've done and what they want to hide. Why uh, Why dress other than a mafioso? He's extorting these people. Oh, honey. (laughs) Uh, Tell me again where the... uh, RNC server that was hacked by uh, Mother Russia and passed uh, and not passed to WikiLeaks is. Want to tell me about that, Missy? No? no? Okay. 
And by the way, the photoshopped image that Trader Tot, Don Jr., put on the photo of Zelensky with uh, the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, that was ostensibly a naked, oh God, Hunter Biden. I'd say stay classy, stay classy trader tot, but <laughs> that's just obscene. And of course, there's a reason why all of these dickheads hate President Zelensky. Because Volodymyr Zelensky is a constant reminder of the blackmail scheme and shakedown that Nitwit Nero tried to run on Ukraine. Well, you know, maybe we can find some money. You know, what you need to do is give me some dirt on Hunter Biden. And then maybe we, uh, maybe, uh, maybe we can do something. Nice little country you got there. Be a shame if something happened to it. Uh, that welfare queen, Stephen New York, says the guy who gets all his money from daddy and has never made a dime on his own. Of course not. And adding, uh, fucker Carlson, not everyone can be as manly as old Tucky with his bow tie. And he's a paragon of masculinity, isn't he? Swoon. No. Not in the least. So here we are at the uh, the uh, we I've I've Phil uh, Robster the first hour away, including my account of being dosed to the eyes on caffeine. I think maybe it's passing, settling down a little bit. Um, Charlie Kirk, Ron and Raleigh says. Uh, Charlie Kirk, the man whose head continues to grow, but his face <laughs> remains the same size. Does that mean eventually that he'll, he'll I don't know, is he going to wind up uh, like uh, the guy in the first heavy metal movie? Running through the, running through the hall, <laughs> hallways yelling, uh, uh, oh, what was it? Uh, Fist? Fist! Hanover Fist! Love that movie. Uh, let's run over to... Or, do, do we still have somebody there? Yeah. Um, let's run over to uh, uh, the stress line. See who we got. Hey, welcome to the program. Mistress Robin, can you hear me okay? I hear you, Jerry. How are you, buddy? I'm having the worst and the best day of my life simultaneously. It was the best of times. It was the worst of time. That's a Dickens of a, of a predicament to have. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, my dad's in the hospital. Oh, no. But it, I, he's 88 years old. I think he's going to be okay. I'm going to try to wander up there and see him and uh, watch a football game with him. Nice. And uh, I uh, got two full-time job offers today. Wow. So I couldn't be happier. It's, yeah. And, wanna, and stuff wanna, that I'm actually good at. Um, want to wanna, wanna say what they are? I don't, I don't mean specifics, but. Oh, yeah, no, no. Um, um, I'm uh, a diet bar and an uh, e-commerce site. I'm really, uh, 
I was, um, I got to mention this. I was, I was uh, emailing the, the computer site and they're going, well, what's your resume? I go, okay, um, here it goes. I had a Vic 20 computer and a Commodore 64. Anybody out there in Horn space knows exactly what that means computer wise. I go, my first network activity was on CompuServe. And uh, back in 1995, I helped beta test what we call 4G LTE and, and 5G. <laughs> so I got a little bit of experience. <laughs> There's a history there. And, and I can, uh, yeah. And, and, and I said, and for what you're offering at three times the price, I'd still be underpaid. But uh, due to COVID and spousal death and complete boredom and the fact that you're down the street, fuck it. Let's do this. And the guy called back. I mean, I, uh, I I decided to not play that patty cake game that you play when you're trying to get a job and go, look, I can do this. You need me and I'll make you money. Let's go. And they, they're like, all right, let's go. And the other place, they actually saw my work five years ago. And the guy was like, that was you? I go, yeah, that was me. He goes, can you come on in tomorrow night? I'm like, absolutely. I miss night work so much. I, you know, I, my mouth tastes like carpet. Um, I've been also, you know, I'm a night owl too. I work, uh, bar, uh, busing table, security, promotion, whatever. And it's, it's, uh, it's in my blood and in my, my DNA. I've often done it in the past for free. And that's, uh, from the South Florida perspective, us being a, a nighttime spot and a tourist spot. That's what COVID, uh, ripped from us because, um, if the restaurants are closed, the clubs are closed first. So it's been a, it's uh in fact, one of the, the things that uh, me and Karen, Miss Carolyn used to do, we used to go out at night, two old ass people get dressed up and get fucked up and have the time of our lives. I mean, that's what we did. You know, we didn't collect stamps. Uh, we didn't have a nice lawn. We went out and danced with the young people and had them point at us on the dance floor. So, um, if you believe in magical, mystical things, I've, I've been talking to her all week. And my higher power, and uh, as bleak as things seem, they uh, they said it's going to get better, and it did. It did. So I went from uh, almost getting a lot of bad opportunities this week to exactly what the fuck I wanted, and I couldn't be happier. In fact, I am literally down to my last two dollars. But when five dollars comes around, and I bought my pizza and my fake meat, and my eggs. That five dollars is yours in the No, nah, don't you do that. Don't you do that. You you get yourself on your feet. I have you hear to me? do that. That's, no, you do not. On, no, you don't. No, listen. I'll listen. fight you. No, listen to me. Listen to me. And you'll win. You're, you're rather tall, but that's not the point. I, listen, can I tell you the story about the, the trans person fighting the redneck? I did. I, I will not fight a trans. Y'all can fight. Uh, the point is, uh, instead of some bullshit church, that's my um, thank you offering back to God. And I think you understand that. No, I, I, I do. I do. I understand that. It's not much, but I'm So are you going to do the e-commerce thing? Are you going to do the e-commerce thing and the dive bar thing? Yes. Yes. I, working 18 hours a day sounds totally lovely to me at this point. So I can collapse and go to my next gig and not have to think about too much. Because all, all I've done is think for the last year and a half. And most of it not good. And all I've done, other than you people, all I've done is uh, been alone or, or watched the destruction of mankind in real time. And said, well, this is what the end of the world looks like, I suppose. I don't like it, but it's fascinating. 
but yeah, I and thank you for being there for me to share this with you. It's um the place that I was working at. I was down to one two days a week. They didn't know if they wanted to work the kitchen. I was on the wrong drugs. They were, some of them were half racist, and the other half was uh, paranoid and mafioso. So it was just a weird fit. But uh, I'm happy. I haven't been happy. I can't tell you the last time I was happy. Actually, yeah, the last time I was happy is when you uh, just blurted out when you're like, oh, yeah, and, uh, I'm trans and I'm getting surgery. I remember that day. Me, me and Carolyn were together and we were like, I moved from the phone to the, the TV and, and, and the, uh, the Android TV unit put that on and we were listening like uh, War of the Worlds. <laughs> we couldn't believe it. <laughs> Oh God! Still, and and you know, like uh, like Robert Frost said, miles to go before I sleep. Miles to go before I sleep. I mean, there there will be further adventures. I hope. In fact, I remember the first thing she asked was, "Is she gonna cut it off?" I was like, "I don't know." She's not talking about it. She's like, "All right, great. What are we doing? We're just gonna listen to this." And and that's what we did. That um, you you were a part of our lives, definitely. Night to night. You touch so many lives that you just don't know. You really don't. You, um, to, to quote the, uh, the metaphor, the overused metaphor of the season, you helped us have a wonderful life. And I might be going to the Dolphin game on, on Christmas Sunday. So I'm, I'm just, whew. So. I, I got to talk to my, my dad's wife and see how that's going. But that's not why I called. That was just what was on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, how how, how think, you said you think your dad's going to be okay? I mean, realistically, I mean, how, yeah. how is he? How's he How's he doing? Uh, everything's fine. Um, if I uh, looked into the metaverse, I think if, if one of his medications has either stopped working or uh, is um, conflicting. Um, Mr. Breast today. He is 88 years old. I got to wheel that out there. And he had a symptom. What is it? Fucking Thursday? He had a symptom over the weekend. And he just kind of let that go. And uh, if he was anybody else, that's dangling for it. Ah, fuck it. This, this is family. He had rectal bleeding on, on Sunday. Uh, he, uh, he had diverticulitis and a stent in the last uh, seven years. And I'm like, in no universe is rectal bleeding something that's going to get better. You can't just go, eh, I'm going to love But that's my dad. My dad is one of those, um, put some spit on it, keep walking. He's, he's old school, old school. But uh, he didn't want to be a bother. And, and now we're headed to the hospital because it, he should have been in the hospital over the weekend, past weekend. Well, I hope I, I hope he gets the treatment that he needs. Yes. Um, his, I, I'm talking his wife off the ceiling. His wife's not my mom. And I'm, I'm one of her closest friends. And that's a, another story for another day. And I got a, as bad as I felt when my mom first called me and her speech disassembled. And she says, I think I'm having a stroke. This is as good as I feel um, about my dad. I don't, you know, I don't know if he's going to make it to 90, but I think I definitely think he'll make it to 89. Because we all tend to die around our birthdays. So I'll just leave it at that. You ever noticed that, by the way? Uh, didn't really play, hasn't really played out that way with my family, but. Well, if it's six months before, um, it's a suspicious death. 
or our disease. But it's usually right in the, the week before or the week after. It's the weirdest thing. Well, in, in, in my case, my father was born on the first day of a month, and he passed on the first day of a month. There you go. But I, I, I maintain to this day that my father passed the day that he did because he was absolutely doggedly determined not to die on my birthday, which I, which was very considerate of him. That happens. That happens too. My mom did the same thing. She uh, she should have she should have passed in October. She kept it going past Christmas because she was big on Christmas. Uh, Ten days after her birthday, on the twenty uh, seventh, actually more than ten days. 11 days. My birthday was on January 16th. Um, or still is on January 16th. And she passed on the 27th because she was the type of person who wouldn't want to fuck up Christmas and would just, you know, literally haul her, her corpse over the finish line. Passed uh, Martin Luther King's day and, uh, you know, nothing's going on the 27th. I'll leave it here. But I knew, um, I always knew, um, well, that's another, that's not why I called. I think the whole Republican Party is bought out. I really do. I'm not even being facetious. Well, I, I think, no, I mean, we, we've, we've, been, we've been over this a, a million times, and, and that's not to say don't bring it up, but the, the fact of the matter is it is mostly forgotten, but in fact, Mother Russia hacked both the RNC and the DNC. And then they passed the RNC material. They passed the DNC materials to Wikipedia, uh, which then gave rise to uh, all manner of toxicity, including QAnon and uh, the, the, the adrenochrome horseshit, you know, and Jewish space lasers and the Gazpacho police and all of that idiocy. But the news about them hacking the RNC sank like a stone. So yeah. Pudi has compromise on every single member of the Republican Party who was there, say, in 2016. He owns Miss Lindsay. He owns Moscow Mitch. He owns, well, uh, Mother Russia has owned Donald Trump since the late 80s. Why isn't Donald Trump bragging about how his army is kicking and his weapons are kicking the shit out of uh, uh, Putin. I mean, that is that that he should have been waving that bag every day if we know anything about Trump. But he won't say anything bad about. Yeah, that's a great point. Why is that? Yeah, why? I mean, he's still advocating for him. Really, you're still advocating for him. They're raping goats, man. This that. Uh, listen, I. Perfect example. I have a, a fly in my room, and he's become my pet fly because I don't want to kill him. I don't have anything living in here. And I'm like, you know what? Hang out a bit. And he, he's been in here a week. I am a super tree hugger. You hear what I'm saying? I do. I would put on some army boots and go fight Ukraine. Okay? I would. Be- because literally, I, this is why we have the nuclear weapons. All right? And I've been saying, you know what? We're going to have to drop a nuke on this guy. I mean, that's no, 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 no. Uh, we, we, you know, we as the United States of America have been, uh, we, we remain to this day the only country who have ever used, who has ever used a, an atomic device in a first strike capacity. We did it twice in 1945. We are going to not do that again. On the other hand, if I don't know, 
if, for instance, you follow the plot, and I don't know spoilers, you know, there's a new Jack Ryan series out on uh, Amazon Prime. And Annette and I have been watching it over the last couple of nights, and it's like, well, and, and, you know, they're really good at being eerily similar to current events when they make those things. Um, John Krasinski as Jack Ryan is really, really good. We got about we got two episodes to go, so I don't know how it wraps up. But there are there are let's just say there are plausible scenarios in there, and they are not they're they're, they're not encouraged. And and in fact, I was talking with uh, um, I was I was talking with Chris in Germany, and I, I said, you know, I would absolutely hate to be a member of the U.S. intel community right now because everything is so freaking fluid. And I know it's popular in right-wing circles to have a conniption about China because they st- they're they still taking their marching orders from uh, Tangerine Tiberius. But when you when you take a moment, Jerry, to think about the fact that the Chinese regime had no problem whatsoever putting down with brutal, bloody efficiency the democracy movement in Tiananmen Square. But Xi Jinping folded like a cheap suit over his own government's efforts to keep COVID from burning the entire country to the ground, and now they've just said, fuck it! We don't need no water. Let the motherfucker burn. Burn, motherfucker. Burn. And China's going to burn. And, and 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 the you know the policy analysts out there when they sit and they think about uh, and, and 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 they think about the the potential for what China can be and I am not a you know I'm not an authoritarian I prefer the idea of democracy but we need to understand there are moments look what does North Korea call themselves the Democratic People's Republic of Korea <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did East Germany call itself? The DDR, the, Dem- the, the Deutsche Demokratische Republik. That can get a little cringy real quick. You know, the largest democracy on earth is India. And they got nukes, and Pakistan's got nukes, and they don't like each other. And they got China on their other border. And they're probably what's wa- watching what's going on in China going, oh, shit. The idea that, I mean, think about it. The numbers that have come out, 233, and, you know, I've been kind of talking about this, and maybe I'm like a broken record. But the idea that 233 million Chinese, which is, again, a rounding error of their population, but the idea that 233 million Chinese will probably be infected by COVID by the end of 2023, and that of those, a couple of million people will be dead, again, rounding error relative to their overall population, but a horror on an individual by individual by individual basis. There's, I mean, there, there's, there's apocalyptic possibilities tucked away in that. Four horsemen, famine's coming next year. And behold a pale horse, and death rode with him. 
Sorry, that Bible stuff gets stuck in your head. I know you know. It, oh, yes. And it was uh, 82 degrees today, which is unseasonable. So um, we're not cooling off like we should. Well, and, and, you know, you're in Florida. Up here, it's the calm before the storm. Outside right now, it's, well, it's actually par for the course for the season. It's 42 degrees. But the fact that by, warm for you too, isn't it? but the fact that by eight by nine a.m. it's going to be zero. Oh yeah, don't miss that. Don't miss that it's going it's 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 going to be. I mean, that's a little unsettling. I was going to say chilling, but that's just too much of a pun, even for me. No, chilling would have worked. You should have dropped that in. That's what I was expecting. I'm I'm slightly disappointed now. I try to behave myself sometimes. <laughs> you yeah. are a word in this province, and um, we we can complete your sentences too. I do it all the time, and and within ninety five percent, it's it's weird to have a relationship with something like that you've never met. Know exactly what you're going to say, and dying to hear you say. Does that mean I've become predictable? Probably. No, you've become consistent, especially post surgery. Never knew where we were headed before surgery. Now, now, yeah, you know, I was thinking about that today. Um, your your whole experience is, has set up this joke I'm working on, which I uh, well, I'll give you the the premise. The premise was I was circumcised at five um, against my will. It was like, hey, we're going to the hospital. Oh my God, what happened? What did I do? I'll never do it again. And to think you did that on purpose, whew, that there's something. You, I, I accept your premise in your case. I, what happened? That, that was a circumcision, okay? What, what you did, well, you are valid. You are real. You were, you were a butterfly trapped in the body of a rhinoceros. I get it. I <laughs> never got that before. Thank you for that. Never thought about the, the, the rhinoceros analogy, but I'm down, I'm down for the butterfly. And the only, and when guys joke about women, and I'll, and I'll say this, even Aquarians, there's a way we do it. Um, you never joke that way. You were embarrassed, and that was your only tell, that you were privately wearing a dress. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It made the whole subject matter made you uncomfortable. Oh, there, it was like. There were a lot, there were a lot of secrets that just sort of went by the wayside. But that was the that was the thing that stuck out to me. I was like, that was odd. It was like a weird, you know, um, throwing. Uh, uh, it was like playing the echo game in a cave, and and hearing a different voice come out. But that was your only tell. You um, you did it well. Would have never known. But the anger that almost rushed Limbaugh anger that you had because that was compelling. You, you had a growl here back in the day. It's gone. Yeah, that's. I mean, I I can still get plenty mad, but it's a, it's it it just comes out differently. No, it was there was a rage. There was a rage. There's a rage we have when we're doing what we don't want to do or not being who we're supposed to be. You know, that's a, that's a profound statement. And it, it really there is. is. I've, I've noticed it with, with everyone. 
Um, I mean, you can do a thing for a while, but eventually, uh, if you're a fish, you got to get back in the water. You, you got to stop the tap dancing and get back in the water. And, and that was, so I always knew there was something. I just didn't know what it was. And I was kind of, because I love you and what you represent. I, I was hoping whatever, because I can tell when people are concealing something. I was hoping whatever it was, it didn't involve small children or goats. <laughs> exactly. And um, it, uh, as a former apocalyptic evangelical, I'm just going to let that hang here for a second. I'm right there. A Seventh-day Adventurer, this has been an amazing experience. Everything I've learned since the age of seven to 17, where I'm like, you know what? Y'all are full of shit about this, especially about this sex part, and I don't really care to hear what you have to say about anything else. Because your rules don't work in the real world. Has been, we're supposed to throw stones. Uh, stone this person for just a whole bunch of bullshit. The world is not that black and white. I re-listened to the show last night about, I don't know what it was, about Amy Grant. And I was like, you know what? I always like Amy Grant. Yeah, great. Okay, so you're another one. Yeah, you, you remember Amy. Amy. Sure. Well, she's yeah, not Christian yeah, enough Yeah, in fact, I was like, she's Christian enough for me. You know? She always seemed like a genuine, nice individual. She never had her hand out. I think her pop music stuff was weak sauce, but maybe she could do a little house music. She does have a voice to it. You never know. <laughs> Amy Grant house I'm music. Always... That's a moment. I, w- I want to be there for that. Maybe maybe you could uh, maybe you could she get, get the DJ to mix some of that mix some of that up in the club one night. Yeah, she has the voice. She could do vocals to, to an eight hundred eight track. Yes, she could. She could pull it, especially at the and the weird point where you go, oh damn, Amy's only seven years older than me. I'm old, but. For Sodom and Gomorrah was burnt down because of the rape, not because of the man love. Okay, it was the raping. Okay? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, it see, was, if you go was, a little fur, if you go a little further into the Old Testament, you know, they like to, and it's not prayer meeting Wednesday, but they like to talk about. They like, oh, it was because of the gay. And no, uh, you go a little further into the Old Testament, and you get an explanation. Here is the sin of your sister Sodom. She did not treat the stranger kindly. Yeah. Ding. Not, not hello, can I buy you a drink or have a glass of water? No, we want to rape you. I mean, yeah. Which, you know, there's some comedy there as well. I mean... <laughs> That's the first that you start with that. Not not, not how do you feel or can I buy you a drink? Yeah, just it, it's kinda it's kinda like the it's kinda like the messages I get on dating apps, which I've now gotten off of. Ooh, that's the other reason why I'm happy to be working at a bar. Dating apps are terrible. Oh my god. It's the worst of the worst. And I've gotten a lot of clickers and stuff, and I don't want to talk to any of these people. You know, I um, I met Carolyn at a bar on uh, December 24th, 2008. It was a one-night stand that lasted 14 years. 
That's sweet. The one, the, the fourteen year one night stand. Yeah, that's literally what it was, and bars and clubs and shindigs, hoo ha's, gin joints, swimming pools, movie stars. That 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 that's my shit, man. I don't come alive to the sunset anyway. I mean, that's what humanity does. It's humanic. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a a creature of the night, no doubt about it. I think if I had to do this program uh, at six o'clock, and not, I I couldn't do this program at six o'clock in the morning. Just couldn't. Yeah, but uh, it's a whole thread about safe spaces where you're safe to take your shoes off, let your hair down and have a drink or have a smoke or, you know, for you guys in the back, go in the bathroom, do a blast, whatever the hell you're doing and just, just relax. Accidentally have a cup of caffeine coffee. You know what? Your whole relationship with caffeine, I don't understand. Caffeine from best friend. In fact, I'm going to go make some espresso right now. Um, after, after we get off, uh, but you, you're definitely sensitive. But when I was in the hospital, one of the saddest moments I was I had was I was drinking my little coffee and I was like, All right, all right, this is decaf. Fuck you people. I'm getting the hell out of here. And um that's uh I get a couple coffees the first thing I did when I got out. I, I love caffeine. It it reorganizes my thoughts in a useful way. So I, I think I do get some medical ADHD slash uh uh neuroatypical benefit out of it. But it's not. But I can understand if it's not being your bag, woman. I, I totally get it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh my God, Brother Deacon Asa just said six a.m. with Robin Kincaid. I could see myself getting up at six to listen in. Oh no! All you do is all, I would, you, all, you'd, be do, be all you'd be doing was watch it, watch me sleep. That's it. No, if you would just grumble at, at morning with morning Joe, you'd be like, ah, shut up. Yeah, we could just but it could just be it could just be, be one it could just be one daily rea- reaction video to watching m- my filthy morning habit live. Hey, I just got some word in. Uh, we were talking about the the bomb cyclone. Oh, I love our propensity now for coming up with apocalyptic names for weather events. Bomb cyclone. I mean, Jesus, really? I did name though. Dave and the Blind who is, of course, out in Talabandianapolis, says, uh, it's snowing in big flakes down here in Indy. I'm safe, warm, and dry, and I have plenty of food to last me to the beginning of next year. What a way to start my Yule season. Brightest blessings to all, and stay safe. Your buddy Dave in the blind. P.S. Fuck the Republicans. Not even with yours, Dave. Not even with yours. Nope. Um, hey, you know what? I think we should start a meme at um, Trader Tut. We Let's see your dick now. Come on. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not I'm not I'm not that far into my self uh, self-loathing yet so that's a no you can take one for the team on that one No I don't want to see it but the whole thing about uh Hunter Biden's laptop is he has a weapons grade penis let's just put it out there all right I don't know I, 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 I don't know that I don't I don't, I don't I don't I don't know that and I don't know that I want to know that I have to, I have a busy Listen, I have a busy enough okay. dream life as Listen. it is. If if 
if <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes too much sense. Almost four D. But if, if we had to suggest, if we had to choose somebody of the aliens to represent us, Hunter Hunter, just yes, Hunter is a good name. He he came with a spear, and they hate it. His 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 uh, machinery there is bigger than the whole family's, maybe even what Melania is packing. I, I'm not sure. If she, anyways, um, and they're there. jealous. I did, and I planted a flag. Look around. There you go. Not playing with these people anymore. Hold but, on. But I did, and I planted a flag. <laughs> Seriously, I, that, that's the whole. That, literally, that's. Their argument. Everything you've done, the taxes you didn't pay, the, the, the secrets I know you sold to somebody. I'm just dying to know what it is at this point. Who'd you sell it to and what'd you get for it? Your only comeback is Hunter Biden? Really? That's it? I'm tired of this shit. Oh, you, they stole the election? I need some proof, motherfucker. I, I need something. I need grainy video. I, I need... Uh, an artist rendition. I need black and white pencil. Don't give me something or shut the fuck up. I'm done with this. And you're not wrong. Supporting Ukraine is, is what the fuck Americans do. Wave as another podcast. I love would say time to wave the flag. This is what we do. This is cheap. It doesn't matter how many billion he rolled 120,000 troops. We're not supposed to do anything. Really? This is why we, this is, as they say on Reddit, this is why we don't have health care and I'm here for it. This is why we bought all the bombs. This is, this is all, this is it. This is the thing that they told us about the 70s. They got froggy, they jumped, and we're fixing it. It's a lot better than American blood. Well, I do like that meme because that says. If Americans I, I, are involved. I do like that meme, Jerry, that says. Uh, Mother Russia is finding out uh, how come it is Americans don't have universal health care because we spend it all on bombs and guns and uh, yeah we are shooting them with lasers oh, did you realize that we have laser munitions I didn't know that oh we have laser guided that's apparently yeah. the stuff that's 20 years old not guided not guided not a pew pew stuff Literally. Wasn't aware of it. And it's working. Yeah, I saw a video and I was like, sweet mother of God, that's terrifying. USA, USA. Yeah, well, you know, maybe maybe the next I mean, thing we'll do, maybe the next thing we'll do, we'll do is um, send them some of the San Francisco Police Department's, ro you know, robot dogs to just go and gnaw the shit out of them. And it might be a little... little That's might be a little, scary. It scares the shit out of me, especially when a police force has them. But, you know, oh well. I, I wouldn't be shocked if that was deployed. And, and you know what? I, I can't think of anybody I'd rather than Joe Biden uh, weaving us through this briar patch right now. I really can't. You know my, you know, you know my, you know my propensity, you know my propensity for, uh, for historical comparisons. You know, history doesn't, uh, history doesn't repeat, but it does sometimes rhyme. And I, like I was there, but I can't help but think back to say, the presidential election of 1916. You, you remember that? Were you there? 
I, I thought I think we were both there. We were. I wasn't there, but you're talking about who was that Calvin Coolidge? No, that's the, that's that's the um, who was it? Uh, that's the re-election of Woodrow Wilson. Yes. Okay. Do you recall what his campaign slogan was in 1916, or what no. might have been going no, on? What might have been fact, going on in the wider world in 1916? We're trying. They were dragging us. They uh, referenced this in a show called Peaky Blinders, where the English were going. It took you long enough to get to the war. What were you waiting on? Well, the fact of the matter is, in 1916, uh, the uh, in August of 1916, the First World War had entered its second year. And the campaign slogan of Woodrow Wilson was, He kept us out of war. Okay. We, were do, we were doing what we could to fund um, the, uh, uh, the, the allies at the, at, at the time, you know, the French, the English, the... Italians, um, and there was a, there there was there was there was a strong urge to get involved in the war. There were a lot of hawks in Congress. World War One was nothing but a great big uh, family squabble among very wealthy capitalists. You know, it, it, every every all all the. Uh, combatant families were related to each other. The Romanovs were related to Queen Victoria. You know, the the, the Tsar was a nephew or yes, grandson yes, of something of Queen Victoria. The same thing with the Kaiser, and of course the King of Ang- uh, the King of England. And it was a family squabble that just happened to cost you know tens of millions of lives. But in 1916, Woodrow Wilson. It wasn't, came a, righteous, it wasn't a righteous fight, though. No, it wasn't. It was. It was. It a, wasn't a righteous fight. It was a. It was a battle over capitalist debt, and we eventually got involved because there was a lot of American debt, money owed to the United States, riding on the, the Allies winning. And so I do. You know, even uh, even though I even though I do not agree with the people who say that we should just let Putin do whatever he wants to 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 Ukraine. I mean, that seems well. Frankly, it seems not only misguided, but, well, downright evil. Um, I can't help noting that... We signed an agreement with them. We signed an agreement with Ukraine. We said we'd have your back. We but, did. But the, 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 problem, the problem here is that in the presidential campaign of 2024, unless for some reason, and I don't think it's going to come to pass, unless for some reason, Putin has uh, taken a... Uh, uh, has, has, has gotten his senses back and pulled entirely out, which will be tremendously humiliating for Mother Russia, then Ukraine will be on the ballot in 2024, and we're going to find out how many lily-livered chicken shits there are, both on the far left and on the far right. And they will jine up. And it's going to be creepy. And there are going to, and, and there are, uh, the one thing that's different is you don't have as so many hawks hollering for American boots on the ground as you had in 1917 after the Lusitania. And in point of fact, you know, the, when, when we did send troops over, they were called the AEF. We sent over the U.S. Army, we sent over the Marines, the Navy was involved. Uh, 
the very young Army Air Corps. But the, it was the AEF, which stood for Allied Expeditionary Force. But the American soldiers who went over, being quintessentially American, said that AEF stood, in fact, for after England failed. <laughs> yeah, that, that's about right. And I say that being born in England, but yeah. raised in the Bronx. That's about right. And it was it was kind of a pisser. But there's potential. I mean, I, I just I, I sit around thinking about it, and I just get a, I get a I get a whopping case of the creeps. I just do, and I can't help it. This is the start of World War III. This is how World War starts, and uh, we can. It's one of those we can pay now, or we can pay later, because he will not stop. He has lost his fucking mind. Well, you know, and, 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 and there, there are things that Ru- there are things now. that Russia watchers pay attention to, Jerry. Like he, every year, Pooty does a year-end. It's like a sit-down bullshit talk show that he does with ordinary Russians in which he takes questions. Well, this year, he only met with his top brass. He didn't have his meeting with Russian people television, television special. He didn't have that. And, of course, this fuels speculation. Is it because he's sick as shit? Or is it because he knows that they would be bringing rotten vegetables with them? How about the fact, I read this on Reddit tonight, where... Um one of the wives of a Russian soldier was saying, make sure you get good rapey right now. I, I still can't get around that. I'm like, oh, my God. No, you got to shoot these people. And and you got to burn their villages down. I don't know if that's propaganda or whatever, but I don't think it was. Well, nobody's uh, talking like, you know, about Ukraine death, invading Russia. Nobody, want, nobody wants to do that. Garnish it a little, with a little rape. Ukraine needs to be restored to its pre-2014 borders, and Russia needs to learn how to behave as a member of the family of nations. It looks like that's not going to happen without a great deal of violence, a great deal more violence. Not going to happen. Russia needs to be broken up and broken down. We told them not to. We did. And there are, you know, because I'm, some I'm, of them are still alive, there is a hardcore knot of cancerous, hardcore I, hardcore losers and dead-enders who want to see a fascist version of the Soviet Union restored. And that's terrifying. I, the Republican support on this side of the planet... The, the Republican support on this side of the planet is the terrifying part. I, I think the whole 2016 was a setup. The whole dissolution of NATO, the, the thing with Iran, that's really, that kind of sticks out right now. Iran was, they weren't maybe an ally, but they are going to be a trading partner. I mean, say what you want about Putin, he is a genius. He had all the plays in place. Well, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a punk-ass criminal. Remember, the KGB was just a, a, a government-sponsored criminal organization. He cut his teeth uh, running criminal dodges in East Germany, and then when the Soviet Union fell, he went home and reapplied principles that he'd learned as a member of, KGB, of the KGB, 
But in, ter- in, ter- in terms of illicit, I mean, it, in terms of illicit wealth acquisition, there. Well, it, wor- it did work for a while, and that's and that's why Trump had to be. That's why he cooed. But he was, you know, he was a KGB spook, so he operated like a KGB spook does, and that's why they've probably. You know, we go back to the so-called PP tape. They probably got something far worse than the PP tape on uh, uh, on, on sure. Tangerine Tiberius. The rumor that I've heard over all of these years is that they've got video footage of him rutting away on some 13-year-old Mayella in St. Petersburg, Russia. And that sounds exactly like the same guy who can be seen on a Jeffrey Epstein video kind of boogieing away and kind of elbowing Jeffrey Epstein and going, hey, look at that one. It's gross. Oh, before I forget. Before I forget, and I got to call my my uh, dad's wife. She has a, she should be at the hospital right now. Um, did you hear that George Santos got divorced from a woman? Yeah, I, was, I had that story in the stack for this evening, <laughs> and uh, it was kind of a secret divorce. So, so how long has he been out of the closet? What the hell is going on with this guy? Seriously. He's a, look. He's a pathological liar, and you've probably known them. I have. This is a way. This is into the wayback machine. But I went to school with a guy who would tell you with a straight face that he had been in Seattle. Now this is Florence, Alabama, Jerry. He would tell you with a straight face that he had been in Seattle because he was playing professional soccer for the Seattle soccer team. Wow. And he'd tell you this on Monday. Yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm really, man, I'm just wore out. I can, I'm, I can, I can, I, you know, I, I can't hardly keep my eyes open, man. I had to take a red eye back, flew into Huntsville, drove back home to get to school this morning at eight o'clock. You know, we're seniors in high school. No, you aren't. But nobody called him on his bullshit because everybody realized that this was a behavioral health issue. And not just a matter of being a complete bullshit artist. And it broke my heart when I found out, oh, 20 years ago that he was dead. I knew yeah, people uh, like that. Yeah. Trump. Trump is the only guy who I can never figure out if he was lying. Literally my whole life. Because most people, when they lie, their voice is volume or amplitude. It, it's a... Uh, Autosomic subconscious thing. Not Trump, though. I, I was re listening to a lot of that. He's, uh, he's being under audit, this, that, and the other thing. I go, I still can't know. This guy's really, he's the best liar I've ever come from. And, and to go from, he wasn't under audit, but he neutered the whole IRS. Well, so all, all those years, you know, I'll, I'll release my taxes as soon as I'm out from under audit. He wasn't under audit. He, he not only wasn't audit. under audit. He, he was. He wasn't under audit until uh, un, until the House Ways and Means asked a question about it, and then boom! Suddenly, that very day, he was under audit. And so, it's not a stretch to sit there and imagine him picking up the. Listen, I need you to audit me, okay? I just told everybody I'm under audit. We all know I'm not under audit, but audit me, all right? That's how it played. How about the fact he 
How about the fact that he still can't come up with a lie for the document? Yeah. I mean, we haven't. We have. You still can't come up with the greatest. We've barely scratched the surface. Just this evening, and yet, and 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 somehow or another, we still managed to cover a hell of a lot of territory. But there's a hell of a lot of territory to be covered. It's something. It's like something our buddy Frank out in Iowa said a little bit ago on this idea of you know, well, you know, nobody needs to help out Ukraine. I mean, you know, Frank said, uh, didn't France come to the aid of the 13 colonies in in America when we were trying to expel the invading British troops? Not saying, just saying. Yeah, Frank. Yeah. But don't no, tell that to don't tell that to the sparkle fart propelled unicorn cavalry purity patrol. Don't do that. We went to Kuwait because they were lying about people throwing babies out of incubators. Stop. Yeah, we Ukraine has oil and gas. Stop. All right, well, and they have yeah, agriculture. I mean, go, Stop. This you, is literally you go that far back into ancient history, then suddenly you're talking about the Glaspie memo. memo you know, April Glaspie who was asked by Saddam Hussein, listen, those filthy Kuwaitis are stealing Iraqi oil. I'm going to bust the shit out of them. Do you all mind? And April Glaspie of the United States State Department wrote a, wrote a, mem- a cable back saying, the United States does not take sides in Arab-Arab conflicts. So that was a green light to, that was a green light to Saddam. And then because George well, H.W. Well, Bush, uh, George H.W. Bush, who had been painted in an election campaign as a wimp, needed to get his war on. And so that's how you wind up with the bullshit story about precious little uh, precious little premature Kuwaiti babies being chucked out of the hospital windows by the evil, evil Iraqi Republican gourd. And it was entirely 100, 200 proof, 100% absolute horseshit. So, it took about a week. We blew a lot of shit up. And we, and we waved the flag. That, that's how we do um, we have, we have, uh, and I'm like, you know, and I can say this as a person, these are white people, y'all, come on, wave the flag, what's wrong with you? They're Democrat, they're Democratic, they had elections. I mean, of this, a sort. This is our jam, this yeah. is what we do. Well, you know, all democracies are not created equal, and we have, we do have an, a, ta- a taste for authoritarianism. But that's why we left Saddam in place in 1991, because all the generals looked at George H.W. Bush, Pappy Bush, and said, you know, that would be really stupid. And he went, you know, it would be. And so then W. comes along, and he's got to, he's got, he's got, he's got to, he's got to make an entry in the dick measuring contest too, and fix it, damn, we're gonna take him out. <laughs> Jerry, I'm going to roll here. It has been great talking to you. I hope your dad uh, it, it comes it comes around just fine. I hope the job works out. And hey, I hope you go get to see the Dolphins on Sunday. How are they doing, by the way? I do too. Uh, we're we're going to kick the shit out of Green Bay. English country, Indonesia. Uh, I'm sorry, but we got to do what we got to do. Also late. Um, and uh, December football is the best football in the world. It really, really. Well, is. you know, I was. It uh, means I, something. Yeah, I will. Yeah, I will say this. It was a little bit of a kick in the gut yesterday when the first thing I saw in the news yesterday morning was the passing of Franco Harris, seventy-two years old. How about not Franco Harris? How about 
How about that 31 year old guy who just died? Who was on the 2015 Bronco Super Bowl team? Yeah, that. But, but uh, no, Franco Harris was what I saw, and he was only 72. That's really, but you know, playing 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 in the NFL has a pernicious effect on one's longevity. And so he passed away a couple Average of months ago, 72, years. 72 years old. And the damned irony, the sad irony of it was, it's it was right on top of the 50th anniversary uh, anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. In 1972, uh, when Franco Harris I know you're Steelers fan, caught that so. yeah caught that tip ball, ran into the that? end zone, and beat no, the Raiders in a divisional playoff. And and here's the trivia question: They did not win the AFC Championship that year. That was their first ever victory in a playoff game. Who did they lose to the next week? Remember, it's 1972. The Dolphins. The Dolphins. The perfect season. The perfect season. And so they were that that that's noted as being the greatest play in NFL history, and they were going to retire Franco's number thirty-two jersey this week, and he passed away. And it's like, damn it! That that uh, Mike Lynch just died, or Mike Leach just died. He he had the same. Uh, that's sixty-one years old. Yeah, Mike. That that um, was that was that was tough too. I mean. He was, he was a football coach unlike any other football coach that's likely to come come along anytime anytime soon. I Did mean, he coach West Virginia too, or no, was on no, the staff no, or something? No, he never coached at West Virginia. Uh, he he made he made his bones at Washington State, and then wound up at uh, wound up at Mississippi State. And read a beautiful article about how he became best friends with this woman who ran a. Uh, a restaurant there in Starkville, Mississippi. I've been there, not the restaurant, but Starkville. And uh, when she, when her business was about to go under, he just showed up and wrote a check. And the two, the two people could not have been more more different. He was a, he was literally Leach was literally friends with Trump, and a, a, had a really cur- I, I've, really I've curious mind. Oh wow. But he had a, Leach had a really curious fact. mind. She's liberal. She's Democrat. She's black, and still the two forged a fantastic friendship. She catered for him, and 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 Leach was just this inc- incredibly curious mind with a passion for brown liquor, and would stay up till three. Don Shuler used to drive. Yeah, go ahead. Don Shuler used to drive by my house, and I didn't realize it for a year on his way to work. Uh, one of the houses I used to live at, my parents' old house, was right by the stadium. And about 12 o'clock during football season, a gray Ford Crown Victoria, without tints, which made it weird, everybody in South Florida had tints on their car. So a little, you know, just nice little old man would just sit the light calmly. Most people would cut the light, but he would just sit there with the light so the light changed, and he would this was in my subconscious. So one day I was cutting the lawn. I've met him personally too, but just one day I was cutting the lawn and I looked and I was listening to the radio podcast and I was like, I looked in his window. I was like, that's Don Shula. And he smiled and he honked the, the, the horn and he, he, he was at that point five minutes away from the stadium. I, uh, I also met Dan Marino before the Chicago game. Uh, which was amazing. Uh, the Chicago Bears, 1985, perfect, their perfect season. No, not. 
got rid of Dawkins. We ended that. Um, I he had a bad practice, and um, he was. Uh, this is when you could before COVID, before nine one one, where you could actually be on the practice field with a player. Just like a no, you could just no ticket, no registration, just wander on in, grab a sheet, watch him throw the ball around. And I asked Dan Marino. Dan Marino's a dick, by the way. I said, Dan, you think you're going to win this week? And Dan Marino used all the curse words and all the language at me. He goes, no, we're not going to fucking win. We suck. Why the fuck would I even show up? I'm not going to show up. I, you know what? I shouldn't even fucking practice. Fuck you. And he walked away. And I was like, you know, never meet your heroes, they say. Absolutely true. And I'm sitting there stunned. And then Mark Clayton comes by and I goes, don't mind him, man. He's just nervous. And he threw me a, he threw me a wristband. I sat down and ate breakfast with all the search string players. So I'm a Dolphin fan. There we go. I'm not a bandwagon fan. I'm, well, listen, I'm Jerry, a fan. you take care of yourself, my friend. We're going to see where the next hour of the program takes us. And uh, like I said, has it bet, been an hour? Shit. Uh, we got no. We got one hour left to go in the program. Yeah, it's been an hour. Uh, wow, it's been an hour. All right, and and my uh, my uh, my stepmom, I guess, just texted me. So this is a good point. Love y'all. Send money to the, the horny nieces. I'm sending five bucks in the envelope. Um, you know what? There was something else I wanted to send too, but I don't know what it was. It was something that you were uh, missing in your life. I'll figure it out. What, do you have enough of that uh, Trader Joe's sauce that you love? Um, I'm down. <laughs> Truth be known, I'm down to my last bottle. But yeah, that's only because I I, I sip What's it. What's the name of it again? Yuzu. Why Yuzu? I don't even know if they still make it. You know how it is at Trader Joe's. All right. All right. Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah, and Go Festivus. Love you all. Absolutely. Later, Jerry. Bye. The one and only Scary Jerry as we come into the uh, final hour of the program. Lines are open. Jump in. Stress line 844-843-4676, 844-THE-HORN. And, of course, the Skype line, Bob Kincaid Horn. Oof. Or uh, a phone number rings into that, too, 304-574-8178. And you are uh, more than welcome to jump in and participate. And i got to say huge, huge, huge thank yous to uh, Herbert up in Pennsylvania. Thank you, Herbert. Thank you so very much. Um, we uh, uh, Herbert just single-handedly met Chris's Let's Get the Bills Paid Challenge. So that means we're back down to a fundraising goal of only $390, which means that uh, we're fully funded up up to uh, up through Tuesday. We got 90 bucks remaining of yesterday and today's funding. Thank you, Herbert. Thank you so fr- so so very profoundly. Um, I hate sort of sweating bullets and well, Appalachian power. What's a girl gonna do? Um, no, I said I said that there was other stuff to uh, go into in the stack. It looks like uh, it looks like the Senate has averted a disaster, and maybe we'll actually fund the government through September 23rd instead of turning it over to the denizens of Bedlam. But you know, hey, it's also the holiday season, and my friend uh, Roger Wilson, whom I have known since uh, my days at CNN, uh, either I was. Either I was his his um, overnight anchor, or he was my overnight producer, or maybe both. 
but he's a fantastic guitarist. And since I can't, you know, there's 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 no no copyright stuff, or and, and Roger is thrilled to have his music played on the program. Um, he uh, he took a run at a uh, classic Christmas Carol, and I thought it might be just kind of fun to check it out. This is Roger Hurricane Wilson, my friend, and brilliant, brilliant guitarist. It was lovely. My buddy Roger Wilson. And, uh, yeah, a little Christmas music here and there. I, I can be a rank sentimentalist as much or more than uh, anybody else. And I guess Friday we'll play, uh, tomorrow, I'll have to remember to play uh, White Wine in the Sun, my favorite secular. Christmas Carol. Now, as far as uh, other things going on that I mentioned, um, how about a uh, January 6th update? Hmm. On the day in particular, even as members of Congress were locked down with a marauding horde of homicidal maggots running through the Capitol and, well, taking taking time out from time to time to take a dump on the floor and play with it on the walls. And I guess we're just lucky they didn't paint George Washington with their poo. Wouldn't put it past them. It turns out, uh, according to the January 6th committee and transcripts that they released yesterday, that... Uh, the demon, de- demon dentist of the desert, Paul Gozer. Got, yeah, go, of course he's Paul Gozer. There's only Zul. Um, even while he was locked down, he was texting with some stop the steal assholes. 
interviewing Alexander Brusewitz, he said that uh, he's the, he's the one who told the committee that Gozer was texting with the Stop the Steal insert, uh, terrorists. Investigators doing the questioning in the transcript say, can we pull up Exhibit 9 again, which is the Stop the Steal DM chat, and let's go to page 62. So we're still on January 6th, and it looks like at 5.15 p.m. Eastern Time, again, uh, Representative Gozer sends the group a direct message that says, we're still on lockdown in the congressional office, and he sends it to the entire Stop the Steal group. So were you in communications with Representative Gozer throughout January 6th? At which point, uh, Alexander Brusevitz says, uh, um, I respectfully plead the fifth. Then they said, uh, to the best of your knowledge, why is Representative Gozer sharing that his office was on lockdown with this Stop the Steal group? And Alexander Brusevitz again says, uh, uh, I, I uh, respectfully Plead the fifth. And of course it was also the demon dentist of the desert who told who told the terrorists that listen, you're all gonna get a pardon from Donald Trump. You're right. But, of course, that's not all. There are uh, also news out of the court system. With WUSA Channel 9 reporting that a uh, Texan by the name of Christopher Ray Grider has waived his right to a jury trial and um, opted instead for a bench trial with U.S. District Judge Colleen Collar Cottley serving as both trier of fact and trier of law. Well, that apparently uh, didn't work out to his benefit. Christopher Ray Grider is, of course, from uh, Kissing, he's from Bruceville, Eddie, Texas, and runs something called Kissing Tree Vineyards. And he entered, uh, he entered a plea to misdemeanor counts of entering a restricted building and unlawful picketing at the Capitol. He was indicted on eight counts, three of them felonies. Civil disorder, obstruction of official proceeding, destruction of government property in excess of $1,000. But uh, he entered the guilty plea right as he was about to go to trial. Among other things, Grider tried to cut the power. Huh. How about that? Once again, history may not repeat, but it does rhyme. Here's a maggot trying to cut electricity to the capital of the United States. That certainly seems like a terroristic act. And he stands convicted on seven charges. 
and among other things, uh, he, he told KWTX in Waco, Texas, that he was inside the Capitol and was just feet away from Ashley Babbitt when she got herself shot, climbing through a window of a door that led to the Speaker's lobby. He was ultimately charged and convicted of assisting other rioters, rioters in damaging that door before Ashley Babbitt tried to climb through and got all dead. There was an exposed circuit box, and that's where he tried to cut power to the Capitol. But no, uh, when you think about Moore County, North Carolina, I guess these um, I, I guess these terrorist maggots, well, they've got a taste for such things like that. And I wish the uh, I wish the recording was uh, reporting rather was a little bit more clear. He entered the guilty plea to two misdemeanor counts, but then Judge uh, Colleen Kolar uh, Cotterly went ahead and took him to trial on the three felony counts of civil disorder, obstruction of the official proceeding, and destruction of government property. And so, as a consequence, he stands convicted of three felonies, seven charges total. And during the trial, he took the stand in his own defense. He said, the only reason I was there was to watch historic events unfold. I was trying to get into the House chamber because I thought it was the Senate gallery, and I just wanted to watch the proceedings. Writing her opinion, Judge Collar Cottley wrote, um, For a variety of reasons, the court does not find these accounts credible, which is what judges say when they want to say, You're a filthy liar, and you lied to the court like a rug. So here's hoping he actually deals with some consequences for his terrorism. I'm still he tried to cut power to the United States Capitol and I guess nobody in the DOJ could find the terrorism count the statute. I'm pretty sure we've got a federal terrorism statute, aren't you? I mean, last I checked the blind sheik and Ted Kaczynski are in Supermax in Florence, Colorado, as a direct result of... Or maybe I'm wrong. He wasn't sentenced right away, so we will eventually have another story about Christopher Grider's sentencing. I'm sure there will be great crocodile tears about how his kissing tree vineyard grapevines will go unattended. And that'll be a terrible economic loss for whatever gulch in Texas he's from. And meanwhile, uh, there's a uh, there's a Russian propagandist by the name of Vladimir Solovyov. And he had a conniption when uh, Volodymyr Zelensky displayed the Ukrainian battle flag. Absolute freaking meltdown. 
That was him having a shit hemorrhage hollering, editorial stuff, turn, not, turn the video off, can't you see what I've written? And uh, <laughs> he went on, uh, this asshole did, and said, Zelensky is already on his way to Washington. He's perhaps a natural path for any traitor. He betrayed his entire Soviet past. Our weapon makers are more talented anyway. Our men are more ingenious because we are Russians of many different nationalities and many different crimes and styles of rape. Oh, I added that part. God is with us. Either we will win or humanity will cease to exist because the Lord won't stand for the triumph of warriors of the Antichrist. We are the Lord's weapons. We are his avenging right hand. Oh, for fuck's sake. But that kind of language is a little bit disturbing, isn't it? Either we win or all of humanity dies? Actually cease to exist? Sounds like somebody wants some mushroom clouds. And there is a value to the fact that we keep saying we will not use them in a first strike. But it is, admittedly, frightening. This is a sort of the typical Russian blackmail. Give us our way, or we throw nuclear conniption. Like uh, Sting saying all those many years ago, I hope the Russians love their children too. And then, then, and I wanted to make sure I got to this. Then there's Cassidy Hutchinson. You remember her. She's the one who dropped the dime on Nitwit Nero's hissy, demanding to be taken to lead the glorious revolution on January 6th. You remember the thrown food, the ketchup, the trying to grab the steering wheel away. Well, before she testified, it turns out that, of course, a lawyer tried to woodshed her. And, you know, that's to be expected. Anytime you're testifying, a good lawyer will sit you down and go through anticipated questions and tell you how to behave yourself and... You know, don't help them out. If the answer is yes, say yes. If the answer is no, say no. And if the answer is I don't know, say I don't know. But this was not a good lawyer. Uh, this was, in fact, uh, former White House ethics lawyer Stefan Passantino. 
And in the course of interviewing Cassidy Hutchinson, Hutchinson, she noted that Passantino had encouraged her to not remember things. In her sworn testimony, Cassidy Hutchinson said, uh, he told me, we want to get you in, get you out. You were a secretary. You had an administrative role. Everyone's on the same page about this because they knew what she knew and they didn't like what she knew. And then Cassidy Hutchinson went on to tell the J6 committee that he said, uh, listen, the less you remember the better. I don't think you should be fi- uh, filling in any calendars or anything. But then Cassidy Hutchinson went to uh, went 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 to the House of Representatives, and much to the chagrin of people like uh, Stefan Passantino and probably Nitwit Nero and Mark Meadows and various and sundry other people who will have to be corkscrewed into the dirt when they pass on because they're too crooked to bury. Uh, she told the truth, and she told she remembered what she remembered. Because she is young, and she has a life before her. And she was sure not going to pogo stick up onto, onto the cross for a bunch of pasty-faced, doughy old men. So things might get a little bit mm, warm for uh, Stefan Passantino. Might even be a reference to have somebody take a look at his uh, ability to practice law. Oh, and thank you, Barbara. Thank you so much. Thank you very kindly to our dear friend Barbara in Philly. Um, We've gone from 390 down to 365 in trying to uh, catch up with fundraising and, you know, keep the lights on come Monday or before Monday. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you so very much. Anybody got anything uh, you want to bring to the table? You're more than welcome. Story's been uh, banging around for a little bit, and I've been waiting for an opportunity to get to it. This is as good a time as any on this Thorn in the Side Thursday. Huh, look. It's a noted common sewer of beer. Brat Kavanaugh. who's been hanging out with some uh, sketchy people during the holiday party season. Apparently, uh, Matt Schlapp and his spouse, Mercedes, Matt Schlapp runs the American Conservative Union, the only union Republicans like. And Mercedes Schlapp, of course, was the uh, 
director of strategic communications for Nitwit Nero at one point. They are wealthy members of the Republican, uh, what, elite? The little old holiday party. couple weeks back and it was a who's who list as any good Tony uh, 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 Christmas party would be in the D.C. area you couldn't have caught me dead at it I don't, ha- I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care how many larks, larks vomit canapes they served but well they uh, they invited Matt and Ginger Gates, Sean Furry Spicer, Alex Acosta, Nazi and Nazi sympathizers, Sebastian Seb Gorka, sorry, first sneeze of the evening, and there was the second one. Uh, it must have been a real knee-slapping good time, what with Stephen Miller and that woman for reasons, uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe they nicknamed Katie Miller Ava Brown. Uh, Chad Wolf was there. Greta Van Susteren was there. John Coley. Laura Schlapp and Brian Wells. Laura must be Matt's sister or something, mother, I don't know. Uh, Brendan Carr was there. Hey, look. Uh, it's uh, occasionally gay future member of the House of Representatives, George Santos. He showed up. Aaron and Nick Perrine were there. Eric Prince. Oh, <laughs> nobody got killed. How about that? Uh, Ziad Ojakli, Peter Davidson, Steve Holland, and Ben Terrace. There must have been some serious shoulder rubbing going on there. But somebody else was there. Yep. I mentioned him earlier. That's right. Brat Kavanaugh was there. He was uh, swanning about. And this wasn't like, say, Sonia Sotomayor talking at the American Constitution Society or even Amy Covid Barrett, the handmaid, uh, given that... uh, uh, knee slap and laugh fest speech to the uh, to the Federalist Society. Those were at least official meetings. This was just a boozy Christmas party, and so knowing that he is above the law, Brat Kavanaugh showed up. Nothing there about Clarence pubes on the Coke can, Faffy Thomas being there. Or even Sammy Bad Breath Alito. Or The Handmaid. Or Anne's Boy Neil. But there was B-B-B-B-Brat. We'd still like to find out. Maybe maybe someday, uh, I don't know, maybe someday Sheldon Whitehouse of Rhode Island will find out uh, just exactly uh, who paid for Brat's mortgage. I don't know. 
my money's on Leonard Leo, if anybody's asking. But there is a rule that supposedly applies to justices of the Supreme Court. It applies to other judges as well. We've talked about it before. It's called the Caesar's wife rule. You know, from the old saying that Caesar's wife must be above reproach. Well, that roughly corresponds with the idea that any judge must avoid even the appearance of impropriety. And so I guess you can, I mean, you can make a case that Supreme Court justices should be able to give addresses to the Federalist Society or the American Constitution Society of the like. But that's a far cry from showing up at a, bru- at, a, at a boozy Christmas bash with the likes of Matt and, Matt and Mercedes Schlepp and George Santos and various Nazi Seb Gorka. I'm so old I can remember when... Uh, Godzilla from Wasilla said that Barack Obama palled around with terrorists. Well, here's here's Brett Kavanaugh palling around with a fucking Nazi. And of course, there's no oversight of the Supreme Court, so there's nobody who can say a thing to him. Even old balls and strikes, Roberts. Well, he might say, you know, Brett, you might want to think twice about going to parties like that. It kind of looks rough. And if Brett Kavanaugh wants to go, fuck you, you're barely even Chief Justice anymore. I know who really runs this court. Yeah, Fappy runs this court. So, screw you and your appearance of impropriety. You know, I wonder wonder how many people in that list that I just mentioned... Wonder how many of them uh, will wind up either directly or indirectly having cases before the court. You know, if we had a functioning Congress, <laughs> I know it's always uh, it's always hilarious when I use that use that phrase. But if we had a function in Congress, uh, Congress is the only real oversight of the Supreme Court because Supreme Court justices are trusted to, you know, behave themselves. By the way, I'm still waiting for I'm still I'm still waiting for the butthurt howls of indignation over the bust of Roger Taney being removed from the Capitol. Old Roger, who authored the Dred Scott decision and said that uh, no Negro has any rights that any white person is bound to observe. Man, that language. Yeah, Roger, Roger's bust is going to be, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe with the, the various and sundry statuary and whatnot that we're removing, maybe there we can find a corner of the Smithsonian and just call it the racist room. Roger Taney, old Bobby Lee, Stonewall Jackson, 
it's a rather lengthy list. And but here's the thing that's going to drive them craziest: the maggots are going to have a shit hemorrhage. They're replacing the bust with Roger Tawney, uh, the bust of Roger Tawney, with a bust of wait for it, mm-hmm. Thurgood Marshall. That's going to smart. That's going to leave a mark. Some of these Republicans may have to go out and just have a, have a calming cross-burning just to feel a little bit better. Hope the party was a good one, brat. Was there beer? Sure, there was beer. Maybe really good beer. Oops, it looks like it's time for uh, uh, Sparky and uh, Roger to do some brain bashing. Keeps us on our. Uh, Keeps us on our toes. And, and uh, as, as uh, Scary Jerry alluded to earlier, in addition to all the lies that uh, George Santos told about where he went to college and the business he was involved in and how he was so grief-stricken because he had employees who were slaughtered in the Pulse Massacre... No, he didn't. Uh, it, it, as, as Jerry alluded to, uh, well, he... Uh, turns out he has a... As a gay man, he had a... I guess, gay marriage to a woman... Uh, they were divorced in September 2019. Somehow that didn't show up on the campaign trail either. And so his campaign biography in 2020 didn't mention his divorce in 2019, and then 2022, lo and behold, there's talk about his husband even though he says he's been gay for the past 10 years. I'm openly gay. I've never had an issue with my sexual identity in the past decade, and I can tell you and assure you I will always be an advocate for LGBTQ folks. That's what he said this past October. You know, after he said that he was wildly in support of Ron Monkey up DeClantis's Don't Say Gay bill. And no, uh, the IRS can't find a not-for-profit an, uh, animal rescue organization he claims to run. And he appears to have maybe some legal issues in Brazil. And his own freaking address may not be real. The guy who he beat 
by about eight percentage points in the election is calling for a federal investigation. I'm trying to figure out if it's illegal to lie about your resume in a congressional campaign or go into Congress, be sworn in as a proven liar. Sadly, I don't think it is. And that's kind of, well, kind of a pity. It's another one of those moments with the framers where they thought maybe once upon a time when they were framing the Constitution, well, you know, nobody like that will ever get in the Congress. <laughs> oh, oh, you, 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 you silly, silly men, Alexander Hamilton and James Madison and John Jay. They never, they never anticipated modern Republicans, particularly maggots. Oh, and by the way, over at my filthy morning habit, uh, Mika has been on a bit of a roll. I guess you could call this the um, (laughs) rehabilitation tour. I mean, all those years ago when if Nitwit Nero wanted a few million dollars worth of free publicity, he was only a phone call away from Joe and Mika. I think Mika saw through him before, long before uh, long, long before Joe did. And so this is, this is the deep dive mea culpa. This is mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa. Oh, and by the way, uh, going back, uh, one person got the answer to uh, who was the famous Hollywood actor whose name was also Vladimir. And that was, uh, that was Flavio. Nice job, Flavio. Yeah, one more hint. Pick up the gun. Pick up the gun. I said, pick up the gun. Bang! You all saw he had a gun. Yeah, take it away, Mika. That a lot of folks have been waiting for for a long time. It proves that Hillary, Hillary Clinton, was right all along. Nancy Pelosi was right all along. Chuck Schumer was right all along. The Democrats were right all along. Reporting from the New York Times was right all along. The Washington Post, too, was 100% correct all along. Donald Trump was not under audit. Donald Trump was lying. He was desperate to hide the truth from Americans, that truth that far from being a shrewd businessman, he was, in fact, the biggest loser out of the 300 million Americans who filed their taxes with the IRS. The man lost more money than any other American. At a time he was writing the art of the deal, this was happening. And worse than that is the fact that his own Treasury Department, under the bumbling hands of Steve Mnuchin, refused to even audit the president after Trump got into the White House. That's usually done. So that lie continued and continued and continued until last night.
After a six-year battle to keep his record shielded from the same scrutiny that every president has faced since the 1970s, House Democrats have voted to publicly release former President Donald Trump's tax returns. Members of the House Ways and Means Committee cast their votes along party lines last night following a four-hour closed-door hearing on the matter. Although the full documents are not expected to be released for several days, the committee is already out with a 39-page summary of its findings. Here are some of the takeaways. In four of the six years reviewed, Trump reported a negative income to the IRS. His income was in the green in 2018 after his first full year as president and again in 2019 before falling back into the red in 2020. In three of the six years reviewed, Trump paid $750 or less in federal income taxes. That includes 2020, where he paid zero. The committee also raises questions about IRS scrutiny of a substantial number of declarations made on the former president's returns, despite claiming millions of dollars in deductions from charitable donations. The committee writes that the IRS made no efforts to verify the legitimacy of Trump's claims, quote, even when no supporting documents were provided. Those and other alleged failures by the IRS to scrutinize Trump's returns are outlined in another new report from the committee. There, lawmakers write that the IRS only conducted an audit of Trump's tax returns once, despite it being mandatory every year for sitting presidents. Only after the committee launched its investigation into Trump's returns did the IRS take any steps to look further into the filings. In an internal memo, the agency claimed it did not have enough resources to examine all the potential issues in Trump's returns. That's one thing that's definitely true. There are issues. A lot of issues here. Let's bring in Pulitzer Prize winning journalist and Washington correspondent for The New York Times, Charlie Savage. Uh, Charlie, what are we learning so far? Um, I know we have a 39 page summary. Um, we'll learn a lot more soon. But is it perhaps the biggest thing he was hiding is that he was the biggest loser <laughs> in terms of uh, people who filed taxes? Or is it more? Is it sources of income that we're looking at? Well, we only have some top line numbers from those tax years starting at 2016 that the committee provided in this report. But this is very preliminary and the raw documents are going to be put out sometime today or tomorrow. And I think there's going to be a big hive mind effort to make sense of it. But the, uh, the, the early cut at these numbers do show, as you just showed on the screen, that of the, of these four years in office, he basically paid no taxes. Uh, for the first and fourth year. He did have some income in 2018 that allowed him to pay about a million dollars in taxes because he had sold off some properties and had some capital gains taxes. And without, throughout that period, he was reporting making large charitable donations in cash. And the committee is flagging whether there is uh, substantial con uh, uh, support to show he actually made those contributions or whether he was just putting numbers on the page and wanting the IRS to look at that. I think a larger takeaway here, though, is the other part of what you were getting into, which is the IRS has rules that say that sitting presidents and vice presidents must be audited every year. The IRS, under the Trump administration's control, did not do that. 
in 2017, did not do that in 2018, and only started looking at the first of his tax returns in April 2019, the very same day that House Democrats on the Ways and Means Committee sent a request to the Treasury Department for data about his taxes and any associated audits. So there's clearly deep dysfunction at a minimum at the IRS in the this auditing program. And that one of the reasons that's important is because committee Democrats had said they were looking for these taxes because they needed to assess whether that program was strong enough, whether it needed to be strengthened, whether it was doing its job. And all along, Trump's lawyers and Republicans said that was just a pretext. It turns out there was something big there that they discovered. So, Charlie, dysfunction is one thing, but could you explain the tenure of Charles Reddick, a California tax lawyer who Donald Trump appointed to head the IRS? He recently left the position, uh, maybe was forced out of the position, whatever. But could you explain his role, his potential role in this, if any? So we don't know. We talked last night to the commissioner of the IRS in 2017, who was running the agency, when they should have done their first audit of Trump's taxes because he was the sitting president in 2017. And he disclaimed knowledge. You know, I didn't know about that program or I wasn't involved. Could not explain why there was no audit that year. Then uh, the gentleman you just mentioned took over in 2018. He had written a uh, opinion column in 2016 as a tax lawyer in California uh, defending Trump's refusal to make public his tax returns as a presidential candidate, which broke with modern precedents. There are post-Watergate norms. All major party, party presidential candidates released their finances. All sitting presidents do. Trump famously wouldn't. This guy said, oh, that's great. He shouldn't have to. And then Trump made put him in charge of the IRS. Uh, so <laughs> he certainly is going to probably face some questions from the Senate. I doubt that House Republicans, when they take over the chamber, will be interested in calling him starting next month. Washington correspondent for The New York Times, Charlie Savage, thank you very much. We'll have much more on this ahead. Just real quickly, Dave Ignatius, I mean, Republicans have definitely laid their bed. I mean, they they stand, some of them, by Donald Trump through dinners with Kanye West and white nationalists and stolen documents and saying the Constitution should be whatever, redacted, gotten rid of. It doesn't matter. But he was It does prove he was lying from the get go. Will it move the meter? With the hardcore maggots? Nope. Not a sausage. And the non-hardcore maggots, well, at least as at least as far as I can tell, they're going to go toddling over to white supremacist Florida Governor Ron Monkey up DeClantis if he declares to run, who will then, uh, you know, again probably be assisted by real live, no kidding, Nazis uh, in his attempt to surpass his god emperor. Oh, I got huge thanks to send out. Thank you, George. George and Course Gold. Thank you, George. Have half a show on me. Best wishes to all. Oh, best wishes to you, George. Goodness me. We are down to $15 to go to be fully funded up through the end of this program. How about that? And that'll only leave uh, tomorrow's fundraising goal. And we'll still have electricity come Monday. 
I don't think they can turn the electricity off when it's like zero degrees or I don't think they can, but I, I still have to, I still have to pay the damn bill. Thank you, George. Thank you so much. This is an amazing community we have built here without a doubt. And, and, and y'all's determination to keep independent, progressive, liberal broadcasting alive is nothing short of miraculous in its own right. Um, By the way, we were talking about who funded Brat, and I said uh, Leonard Leo. Brother Deacon said, my money's on Sheldon Adelson's widow. That's who paid off Justice Beerbong's debts. Possible, yeah. And, uh, yeah, in answer to the trivia question this evening, Jack Palance. Vladimir Palaniuk. Jack Palance. Pick up the gun. Yeah. You know, Shane. Come back, Shane. Come back. Oh, well, thank you, Barbara. Barbara in, in Philly says, you should have given yourself a ring on the cowbell for that Magatani remark. Well, I'll take them where I get them. Thank you so very kindly. Thank you, Barbara. And speaking of Leonard Leo, God, the, the, the corruption is... It got, probably goes without saying, but it never even slows. The other day, uh, Madam Skeletor, you know, Kellyanne Conjob, was bragging about how she's just about the only maggot uh, member of the maggot administration on a high level who hasn't been indicted or charged with a crime or the like. Her may have spoke too soon because, uh, well, Kellyanne Conjob had a polling company. And back in 2017, when Kellyanne Conjob was actually out there log rolling for Leonard Leo's hand-picked weirdos to be uh, put on the Supreme Court... She had a polling company called, curiously enough, The Polling Company. I mean, Jesus, it, it, was the storefront white with black lettering? Beer! Saltines! Detergent! The great era of generics. Uh, Kellyanne needed to offload The Polling Company, which was basically, it, it basically only had worth because Kellyanne Conjob Ran it. Enter Leonard Leo. Judicial vandal. It appears now through um, in investigations that Leonard Leo uh, helped to find a buyer for Kellyanne's business if you can call it that. Even even if she is even if she was log rolling his judicial choices. A congressional oversight committee was already looking into her ownership of the polling company and that thing had become as hot well 
it was hotter than the surface of the sun. It was like a, it was like the guy who hands you the keys to the Jaguar and says, "No, it's yours, really. No, it's great. Title's fine." And so she needed to get shed of the polling company lickety split. And she'd taken a job at the White House, and she couldn't run the business at the same time. So enter stage extreme right Leonard Leo, who uh, kind of elbowed and nudged-nudged an outfit called Creative Response Concepts, Inc., who then handed over somewhere between $1 and $5 million dollars. And they did the pass-through of the money through the same bank. It it didn't even leave the building. And Creative Response Concepts also was a shakedown operation for dark money groups to also add their money to Leonard Leo's uh, inside job of judicial thugs. God, it never ends with these people. And they do it they do it in broad daylight for the most part. And so there are deeper looks being taken at all of this now as to whether Leonard Leo violated ethics laws. Um meant to keep people from doing the exact kind of log rolling that these two were doing. Over at the Center for Public Accountability, Bruce Freed, the president, said it really shows Carrie Ann as a vehicle for Leo, the leading role Leo has played and how Trump became his instrument. It was, in, in a word, dodgy as hell. A Leonard Leo spokesman declined to comment to Politico. (laughs) One of the things I find funniest is that, uh, okay, this paragraph. Leo, through spokesman Adam Kennedy with CRC, declined repeated requests over the span of several weeks, beginning in late October, to comment on whether Leo played a role in facilitating the purchase. Conway did not respond to repeated emails and text messages requesting comment, although she acknowledged having received an email. CRC Vice President Keith Appel also declined to comment. Wow. (laughs) What a small world. Keith Appel. That dude, he was a he was a he was a ner- he was a nerdy little dude who did sports, I think, if I recall correctly. He did sports at U ninety two FM, which was the college radio station at WVU, uh, where I could frequently be found doing the uh, a volunteer shift as the overnight guy, guy. But now he's he's moved his way up in in, in in DC politics and he's running around with Leonard Leo and whew, I, I wonder I wonder if his, I wonder if when he turns the shower on it just shoots out pure bleach. Now be damned! I saw that son of a Keith, wait Keith 
Him? Because, I mean, when you want to talk about Neo-Maxi-Zoom Dweebies, yeah. It's a teeny, tiny world, Ralphs. I mean, I can see it. I can can see the whole thing in my head to this day. He's he's, He's a slimy one, Leonard Leo is. So that pretty much brings us uh, right up to the end of the program, this Thorn in the Side Thursday pre-Christmas version. Thank you all so much for getting us so close to keeping this whole thing going. And even though it's not Permitting Wednesday, um, one last story. You know, Christmas is real big. It, it, Christmas is your is is your is your Christmas and Easter are your big holiday um, <laughs> sales times. If you're the Pope at Rome, and Reuters has a story that uh, Pope Frank is something less than pleased with the fact that another scandal has emerged within Holy Mother Church. It turns on a dude by the name of Father Marko Ivan Rupnik, who is a Slovenian priest, famous within the church for his artwork. He's even designed a chapel in the Vatican, and he's a he's a Jesuit. And it turns out that 30 years ago, while he was a young up-and-coming Jesuit priest and the spiritual director of a convent there that he, uh, well, he developed a taste for the sexual and psychological abuse of the nuns in the convent there. And when, 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 when media outlets, especially in Europe, began twisting, uh, twisting him a little, uh, the church a little bit, uh, the Jesuits said, uh, yeah, we disciplined him at least twice lately when his victims started coming forward. But then, because they're in the miracle business, the doctrinal office of the Vatican pardoned him. One of the cases involved him giving absolution to a nun whom he fucked. And then she said, forgive me, Father, I have sinned. And he said, you're good. Another nun said that he exercised psycho-spiritual control over her. Is that the same thing as grooming? Just wondering, just asking for a certain community. But it pissed off Pope Frank, because Pope Frank's a Jesuit too. And he talked recently in his Christmas address to the Cardinals, Bishops, and other members of the Curia. Uh, And he said, first he said, you know, war sucks. This is terrible. And he said, 
but besides the violence of arms, there's also verbal violence, psychological violence, the violence of the abuse of power, the hidden violence of gossip. No one should profit from his or her position and role in order to demean others. I guess that includes saying, uh, fuck me or I'll tell. Oh, well, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Merry Christmas, y'all. I don't think this is what he had in, had in mind, if he existed at all. So thank you, everybody. Thanks to our PayPal and Patreon subscribers. Thank you so much to our a la carte contributors. You've made such a difference this evening and yesterday. It's been magnificent. Thank you. The struggle is real, but as long as we keep it going, I'll be here. Thank you. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks so much to our all-volunteer staff. Thanks to Sparky and Roger and Steve in the chat room. Thank you. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head on dot live. Remember, brand new Fresh Malloy on the way, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Pacific. The best place to listen to the first run of Malloy is head on dot live. For among other reasons, the lack of commercials. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know. The folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20-plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia, and a proud union shop for almost a year now. Please stay safe. Get your booster. It might not entirely stop COVID, but it can keep you out of the hospital and off the horizontal crucifixion. Get your flu shot, wipe your surfaces down, help stop the spread of RSV for the sake of little ones and old ones and everyone's. It's mask time again. Wear your mask, especially when you're among the great unwashed and unvaxxed uh, maggot hordes. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer, maintain your social distance. 15 to 20 feet, like Paul from Parts Unknown says. And, of course, if uh, you see Jim Shorts Jordan and he's leaning uh, over at somebody saying, Stand up, stand up, stand stand." It, this looks terrible that you won't stand up for the president of Ukraine. And the other guy says, I will not, I will not. Well, avoid that duo like the plague, because they are. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Later.